Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is May 2nd, 2021. My name is Eric Peters, and joining me today, Mr. Dan Curtis. All right. Got Mr. Mike Tyson, don't do it. I push a needle into my eye. It's the only thing that gets rid of my dead girlfriend. Cause she's made of all the things inside my head. Jesus, she never ends. She worked away inside. If that space goes on. Stop him. Somebody stop him. I'm not sure what's worse, that or the groan tube that we could have got. Oh, Mike Tyson. Hello. I'm much more cheerful and not angry this week. Yes, it's a bit of a different mic today. So you might have noticed my absence in that side quest episode, and no, uh, it was because I rage quit because <laughs> my literally wasn't working. It was something. The last thing the last thing we saw was him just smashing his computer to bits with a sledgehammer. He didn't turn the mic off. He shattered it. I thought I'd do that just vocally anyway. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, if you've not played Dead Space 2 or ever listened to Slipknot, I suppose that intro won't make any sense. Oh, was that a tie oh, into the game? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I, well, you, you know, we've taken that long to record this, you've probably forgotten. Slipknot was in the game? <laughs> I don't know, like, because it's, ta- it's taken that long to re- get to this episode, but it's taken <laughs> Eric that long to actually finish Dead Space 2 as well. It has <laughs> not. I've been done for a week and a half. <laughs> right, exactly, so you don't that. remember. We've had about a month and a half. Not my fault. I've been ready to go. game fucking weeks ago. I have been ready to go. If I, you know you what? Wouldn't, I, you wouldn't have finished the, sh- the game, which is an important, integral part of the Factory Seal experience, apart from when you play a Tomb Raider 2, and I'm still bitter about it. Listen, very t- <laughs> listen, my completion rate on this show is amongst the highest. So yeah, I think but, I'm yeah, allowed to you, sleep every once in a while. Who are you up against? You're up against Mike, who barely used to play games, and you're up against Tom, who basically is always missing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like playing games against the boogeyman. <laughs> the only competition you've got to me, and I can play games by looking at them, so you don't really have a chance. Yeah, so give me some slack here. No, I think a month and a half is ludicrous for Dead Space 2. Clearly enjoyed Cut. it too much. Me. I mean, I, yeah. I'll oh my god! That. You know what? It was the most frustrating thing, Eric, finishing that game as well. Because like, Eric, you done Dead Space yet? Eric, have you done Dead Space yet? And it'd be like, oh guys, I'm uh, I'm playing uh, zombies tonight. You uh, you in? <laughs> uh, oh, all right. I'm not playing. Oh, you guys not in? Okay. God damn! I'd like this bit on uh, Soulstorms really doing my head in. Oh, I'm gonna go and play some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Some uh, Warzone with uh, with Scott. You guys in? Have you finished Dead Space yet, Eric? <laughs> Leave me alone. I didn't know this was pick on Eric Day. Otherwise, I wouldn't have shown up. <laughs> Mate, have you met I'm us? Wind, you it's wouldn't. always pick on somebody, dear. <laughs> it's usually me. <laughs> yeah, that's more fun. <laughs> well, that's what I said before when you were whinging about us talking over your Mega Man Zero story. That's more fun for us, you see. Yeah, Not well. so much for you. <laughs> Leave me alone. I like my <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm a delicate flower. Flower connoisseur is what I prefer. Oh, really? Mm. What's your favorite? 
uh, I like the one that smells like dead corpses when it blossoms every thousand years. There's a flower that smells like dead corpses. You is know that? that? Yeah. It is called the... Uh, I can't... Titan Arum. Titan oh. Arum. Yeah. Due to its odor, like that of a rotting corpse, the Titan Arum is characterized as a carrion flower and is also known as the corpse flower or corpse plant. So here's a pro tip. If you plan on killing somebody, hide their body in a Titan Arum. That way it Tom, masks Tom, the smell. Tom, you're listening. <laughs> Look at this thing. Eric, they I can't see it. We're doing an audio podcast. It just how looks like it t- smells like shit. How many times? I'm never <laughs> going to learn. <laughs> it can't Man, be worse you, than the, the durian. I, I could feel you like- imagine planting a field of those next to a durian tree? Perfect place to hide a body. I mean, Eric. What? This this sounds like this is going to come up as evidence in some sort of fucking investigation in a few years. So <laughs> Listen, we've all, according to Zach, we've all been indicted into a grand jury at some point. So we may as well just lean into this. Mm, yeah, but but I mean, that's coming from Zach. Can he be trusted, really? He's just going to take us down with him. No, he definitely yeah. can't. <laughs> he's like a drowning, flailing person just hoping to grab everybody around him. And he's got a really big wingspan. I thought you were going to say something else there. I thought he was going to say wig beef. What happens at MoCon stays at MoCon. Okay. Wasn't that just loads of shitting and candy, though? Yeah. Yeah, well. yeah exactly. There you go. It didn't stay at MoCon. <laughs> shitting, a, shitting, a can, shitting and candy and spending too much money. <laughs> Define too much. Uh, as much as you spend. Okay, that was too much. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, there is actually a GameCon that I'm probably going to be going to in November. Uh, November. The Midwest Gaming Convention, I think it's called, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, Ben Schrader and I are going to go to that. Did you see that um, Comic-Con were trying to uh, bring back the proper comic-con but decided to hold it over thanksgiving weekend got loads and loads of shit for it and then decided to cancel it (laughs) what a stupid time to hold it yeah well everyone was like look most people didn't get to spend thanksgiving with their family last year people who work for comic-con don't want to fucking like suddenly uh like not have thanksgiving again this year because they're fucking working it yeah to hang around in the nerd smell i love the nerd nerd smell uh, I imagine I imagine Comic Con smells like nerds. I don't, there's nothing wrong with I'm a nerd. I mean, I don't smell, but some nerds smell. You smell. If you, I I don't smell. So I don't think Mo Game Con's happening this this year either. I should check in with Chad, but I was following their Facebook page, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So if that doesn't happen, and I do end up going to that uh, Midwest Gaming Expo or whatever the hell it's called. Anyone who's within driving distance should definitely join us. Where is that being held, sir? Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's technically not that far for Tom. I mean, he can't drive it, but depends on if Canada has decided to stop locking people down. Ah, Milwaukee. It's obviously Native American. It's pronounced Milwaukee, which of course means the good land. 
Mike opened Wikipedia. No, it's a Wayne's World reference, Eric. Jesus, have you seen anything? I've literally not seen Wayne's World. What? Christy tried to get me to watch it, and I made it about three minutes into it and went, yeah, this is not for me. I hate you. I know. Wayne's World is a classic. But it's not funny. Yes, it is. But it's not. How do you know you made it three minutes in? Because every clip I've seen of it, I'm like... Wait, hang on. Wait, wait. Three minutes in means that literally you saw the... The guy, uh, fucking, oh, I can't remember the dude's Three name. Three minutes is, is an it? exaggeration. I made it some undetermined amount of time right, in. You, li- you literally saw literally. the antagonist of it laying in bed with his girlfriend, flipping through channels. Literally. Lit- yeah, lit- lit- literally retro. <laughs> literally retro. Literally retro, right? So that is what you saw. Dan, you've seen Wayne's World, right? Seen what? Wayne's World. <laughs> what? I thought you said wasteful. No, Wayne's World. You know, Wayne's World. I have seen Wayne's World 1 and yes. 2, yes. Aren't they hilarious? Yes, they are. No. Eric saw three minutes of Wayne's I World 1. more than three <laughs> minutes. He three minutes and is determined that it's shite, apparently. Right? Literally the first three minutes of Wayne's World is Here the antagonist. Here comes Elephant Mike, never ben, gonna let me change Benjamin, anything. It's called Benjamin, I think his name is, if I remember rightly. Flicking through channels after having... after. Bone in his missus is flicking through channels and literally that's it. That's all you're gonna see. Literally. Three, literally. <laughs> literally go retro. <laughs> you're right over there. No, I'm not. Are you in slow motion? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, cool. Um yes, but anyway, Wayne's World, very funny. I quoted Wayne's World, Dan, while you were fucking around with your technology, and uh, Eric didn't get it. Oh. What was the reference? He no, said that it was something was in Milwaukee, and I said, ah, yes, Native American pronounced Milwaukee, which of course means the good land. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have got that reference, Mike, but oh, for jolly fuck's sake. <laughs> Look, if you're have listening you to this- Have you seen Wayne's World? See, Mike, Mike, the thing is <laughs> with references, reference. right, they've got to be recognisable from the property you're referencing from. You pick the most obscure bits. Yeah, fucking alice cooper dude alice cooper says that who even that's the funny thing because it's alice cooper you know the rock star and he's there like being all factual like oh yes of course means the good land (laughs) who i'm not i'm not alice cooper he's a he's a rock (laughs) singer dude i'm not rising to it there is well there was an alice cooper's restaurant down here uh, because he lives here in phoenix and they Where? had a 36-inch foot dog or foot long 36-inch hot dog on what? the menu. Shut up. What is oh, it with what? you and foot longs? How can you copy things? 36 foot long. 36 foot dog long hot. Uh, my name's Eric Peterson and I'm so confused by the American measurement system that I just invented my own and anything and everything. Is a foot long. <laughs> this is how American Eric is. He'd rather make up his own fucking system of measurement than use the metric system. <laughs> that shit don't make no sense. Why would I need a thousand or something? Well, I could just have one big thing. Darlene, what size is the picture we need for this wall? Well, that there's going to be four foot longs. <laughs> the four feet? <laughs> no, four foot longs. <laughs> Gotta go down to Subway again. Ugh. <sighs> I like that, uh, you know, like people are only five foot tall. They're like five Subway sandwiches tall. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, super- yes, Eric was too busy thinking about how much he wants to watch Wayne's World. 
I That's why he's all confused. I was not. You were. Yeah. Look, no. if you were, if you're listening to this and you immediately understood my reference, let us know in the community or on the Discord. No, don't. Or message me, message no. me on Instagram, and I'll screenshot it and prove it to these guys. No, don't. Well, they're going to get it now because my, my like, message is oh, yeah, 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 I totally, my, yep, yep, on, yep. On both Twitter and Instagram, at Hey Mikey Park, message me, let me know. You'll <laughs> Shameless get it. plug. <laughs> it's not. I just want, I want to prove <laughs> it right that I am right. Just like you were right about the date and time when you introduced side quests. I mean, the date was right. It was just wrong, the wrong way around to what we normally introduce it. So it was wrong. But it was still correct. It Welcome back to side quests. It is foot long of foot long. <laughs> foot long, foot long, foot long. <laughs> it is flippity 70 flange. <laughs> Mike, tell us about your haircut. <laughs> well, I went to the hairdressers and they cut my hair. What else is there to tell? <laughs> hardly, hardly a riveting tale, is it? <laughs> It's more exciting than picking on me. Good. Fucking spinning a yarn on this show. <laughs> you know what? I went, I booked an appointment. I went there at the time I was booked in. I sat in the chair. She snipped my hair and I came out with a haircut. Did you ask her for the foot long? <laughs> no, that was at the subway next door. How much would you like cutting off, Mr. Tyson? Oh, about a foot long, please. What would you like to know about my haircut, Eric? Because honestly, I don't, I don't know, don't know what material you're going to get out of this. Well, I don't know. There's been this competition between you and Dan to get the longest hair in the world, and you seem to have given up. No, it was yeah, it was pissing me off. It was far too long and un, un, unkempt. Who wants un- to place a bet with me un- on when curved. Dan mimics Mike's haircut now? It is, it <laughs> is, it, it is quite snazzy. I'm not going to lie. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I liked it because of my Q&A, like, Dalton Suter <laughs> like, asked me, like, how long I was planning on growing my hair, and I got it cut literally the day before I did my Q&A. <laughs> so about that. Mm, awkward. 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 Hey, Hazel's left some mints on the desk. Check this out. Mints? Mint. Like mints? Uh, yeah, in, in terms of uh, the story of it, I, I, yeah, I got a haircut, Dan. Dan? Eric? Fucking yeah, out. Dan, like, why did you ask him about his haircut? <laughs> God, what a dumb story. Jesus. That's interested in the stuff. health and upkeep of his hair. What can I say? Yeah, you wouldn't but... understand, Eric. Sorry. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm bald. And you're smiling get it. afterwards as well. That's not very nice. Just well, Eric, at least, at least we know when the show is, unlike Dan. <laughs> Oh, God. Absolute bastard, Tyson. <laughs> Why? To be, Why fair, to be fair, you let me you let me down quite easily on that one because uh, you told me pretty soon that you were only messing with me. You could have left it and I would have been sat here for an hour waiting for you. Oh, God, <laughs> that would have been have great. That look, look, we're assholes to each other, but I couldn't have been that much of an asshole to you. <laughs> it's all right. I could have had a browser porno <laughs> before you came on. I would have been <laughs> I draw a line there. Oh, just... Please hope you weren't recording that. <laughs> <laughs> Eric hopes, opens up the recording to edit and just gets. <laughs> oh, Blinky's on. <laughs> ah, I feel like it's important it for the Patreon aspect to take all aspects of what we're doing, you know? 
Stop saying aspect in there. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. That's okay. Aspects. I lost yeah. my words. I don't do words well. Yeah. Um, but no, regarding no, the things I've been no. up to. Um. <laughs> in regards to the things I've been up to, right? Um, on the last Factory Sealed Rip Raw show, we discussed how uh, they yeah, were closing the PS3, Vita, and PSP stores and all that jazz. And uh, since that involves downloading old games, I'm going to discuss it on here. I spent, in between those that show and this, I spent a weekend sorting out my fucking Vita on my PS3. What did they announce? Like, what's it, three or four days later? They're not closing the PS3 or Vita stores now. So my question to you on this, Mike... Go on. I know exactly what you're going to ask. Even before they said that they weren't closing it down, they still confirmed that you would have access to download all of your stuff. Yes. Why did you yes. go through that and do because that? Because, well, it would have needed to be done eventually, because eventually that eh. being able to download them would have gone. So I may as well just get I it done. I bought a I bought a two terabyte hard drive to do that, which won't work on a PS3, apparently. Well, um, I've got a brand new Combine Harvester. <laughs> and I've got and the, I'll key. Give you the key. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Go on. Sorry, I, 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 I am I am in a mood. If you're unfamiliar today. with that one, Eric, that is a song by the Wurzels. Yeah. Who? Isn't it the um, Wurzels? Isn't it like a play on I've got a brand new pair of roller skates? I've got a brand new pair of roller skates. Do, 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 do. Who? The Wurzels. <laughs> hey Dan, you know uh, you you've discussed the Lancashire hot pots on here before. I'm sure you have. Are you guys even speaking English? Is it Chip? Do do that Chippy T song? Yes. I'm sure you have because some listeners have mentioned it. Have you ever heard of the Everly Pregnant Brothers from uh, Sheffield? No, I haven't. They they, they do basically do like uh, plays on songs. (laughs) They do. And they always play at the festivals in Sheffield. They've got classics like No Oven, No Pie. (laughs) (laughs) And Whoa, My Chip Pan's on Fire. You can find their videos online. <laughs> I think I shall Google this after the show. <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate that one. New favourite band? When lockdown lifts, Mike, we'll go and see them. <laughs> but they're Yorkshire as well, so it's like, no oven, no pie. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm not making this up for the record. <laughs> I think the I think the Sex on Fire one they did they got like the fire brigade involved with the uh, in the video as well. <laughs> Mike, it's been a long time since you've been in a band. I feel like you should do stupid socks. <laughs> Don't know. You, you didn't seem to enjoy my Slipknot at the beginning. <laughs> didn't get the reference. I'm not a big Slipknot guy. <laughs> You said, you're like, you said, hang on, you said when the latest Foo Fighters album came out, you moaned that it wasn't hard, like it wasn't rocky enough for you. Now, I don't know if you meant in terms of rock music or as in Rocky the Boxer, but actually, I meant in geology. sedimentary rocks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> anyway, Eric, two terabyte um, hard drive doesn't work on a PS3. Yeah, I don't know what other story you want me to tell about that. What sort of <laughs> tale should I weave? When we get to Dead Space 2, is that all we're going to say? I don't know what you want us to say. It's fucking Dead Space 2. I mean, what do you want <laughs> me to say about it? It's a game. Fuck out Isaac video Clark. Game, isn't it? Shoots people right, with I, fucking th- arms. Thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. We'll see you later. <laughs> no, go on, Eric. You were going to say something. No, I was going to ask you why you went through the hassle of doing that. Uh, but Which I, did. Set, I had a two terabyte hard drive that I couldn't get formatted to the PS3, no matter how hard I tried, because of the whole FAT32 issue. Um, 
but as soon as they announced that they weren't going to close the store down, I'm like, eh, I'll save. This is future Eric's problem. Do you? Uh, did, does the PS3 format, or do you have to format it on a computer? Because I think you, you might have to format it on, on a computer. computer. Yeah. So. What happened to Fat One through Thirty One? <laughs> they got shamed. <laughs> In the same place as Mario Four through to Sixty Three. Because oh. I think Fat Thirty Two. Te- uh, yeah, I mean it technically caps out at 32 gig but you can force it for larger ones um i just couldn't get it to work and i didn't feel like faffing about with it did you try thumbing it in just (laughs) thumb in a soft fat 32 well i finally added a uh, one terabyte hard drive for my fucking ps4 games on my uh on my ps5 today because i'm sick of the the storage issues on that yeah warzone is now that hard drive's problem (laughs) I can't believe you didn't have Warzone on an external anyway. Well, to be honest, I was thinking, of, like, I don't know why, but I got it into my head that um, it had to be a powered hard drive. And I have one, but it's only 500 gig. And mm. then I just randomly tried one that isn't powered today, and it seems to work. So Yeah, mine's not powered and it works fine. Yeah, no, I didn't realize. It's my so, own fault. So speaking of, of that, I have discovered why so on occasional months I have gone over my ridiculous data cap. <laughs> Fuck you and this data cap. <laughs> I haven't had issues with it for months. And then... Uh, is it last the 15 daily wanks? <laughs> it's just the constant stream. We're live on the ground here with the update on Eric's data cap. Dan, I believe... I believe Eric may have gone over again. What is the situation down there? Oh, God damn it. He's gone over again. It's absolutely kicking off over here, Michael. <laughs> and we go live to scene now with Eric Peters, Peterson himself. Eric, what do you have to say? Eric Peterson. <laughs> it's wanking you said it is in my head uh i went over my data cap <laughs> what if there you, you have it folks you heard it live there eric peterson gone over his data pack <laughs> i don't know what else you want out. me to say whatever my data cap. <laughs> <laughs> no, why were you going over eric is it is it so you're re-downloading warzone every day <laughs> Yes, technically, yes. It, that is what was happening. Um, the middle of the month, I get a, an email. Actually, no, it was a week and a half into the month. So like, you've consumed 50% of your data for the month. I'm like, what the fuck? I've got 20 days left of this. How am I going to ration that? Uh, I average like 30 to 40 gigs a day. And I was at 550 in about seven or eight days. And that dawned on me that this was right around the time that the new Warzone uh, update came out. And then it hit me. All of my consoles that have Warzone have automatic updates turned on. So my PS5 updated Warzone, my Xbox One updated Warzone, my PS4 Pro updated Warzone, and just went... Why is there an update for Warzone on Xbox One? It has no games on there. Oh, I accidentally put it on there. How? And then I realized that I couldn't play it on there, so I just forgot to delete it. But I use like 280 gigs in one day. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> so you've still got your PS4 plugged in? Yeah, the kids use it in the main living room. Oh, okay. Yeah. So why have you got Warzone on it there if the kids are using it? I just never delete it. <laughs> Amelia's got hold of it. It's like, hang fist. <laughs> no, according to, uh, according to Ellie, when Amelia gets to play Warzone, her name is going to be Amelia Rose Rainbow. And Ellie is going to be Hank Fist. So Can't be two Hank Fists. They're already Henry, playing. Henrietta Fist, I think. They're, they're already planning. They are already planning. <laughs> You've already broken those children. Oh, I knew that a long time ago. They'll be diving headfirst through windows before you know it. 
Yeah. Have you, uh, not to go into modern stuff too much, but have you given the new Warzone map a go, Eric? Are you upset about Quarry going? I have. Uh, yes. First of all, they got rid of Quarry, so I have no fucking clue where to drop in. So half the time I just ride <laughs> off the other side of the map and die. I don't even leave the planes. I don't know where to go. But uh, I don't know. Um, they've changed a lot of stuff that some for good, some for bad. Um, it The game itself, it feels different. Um, the biggest thing is, I, for me, it's a visual aspect. I got so used to the, the dull grays and browns of the previous map. Now everything has this teal hue to it. And it's really disorienting. And it doesn't it's it's hard to spot things in the distance other people that i've read about it like yeah it's great i can see vivid colors and spot stuff i'm like this i i don't know i've played so many hundreds of hours of the previous modes i'm like this is going to take some adjustment but i i haven't played it myself but apparently they've specifically changed the shadows so they have like a blue hue because there's some there's a skin where like there's a woman all in black or something and people hiding in the shadows the raw skin yeah yeah everyone hides in the shadows so they change the shadows to like a blue hue to stop people being able to do that apparently but the whole damn game has a blue hue to it and it's just really jarring but the map itself is great they've made a ton of really really cool changes to it um are we entirely sure that your telly isn't fucked up again no 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 this is on my oled my oled's not fucked up i don't believe you (laughs) obviously latent erectile dysfunction yes that's what it means very good, Mike. Very good. Thanks. TV Thanks. It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense, it but I made. I, I got some words out of it. There we go. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I enjoy it. It's it's Warzone. Um, not much to really say that we haven't already said. It's just different map. It's taken time to get used to the new locations. Uh, they've rearranged, rearranged everything. Um, boxes are in different spots. Buildings that weren't previously open are now open. Buildings that weren't there are. It's just you know. I don't know. I've not played it yet. What do you want me to say about it? It's Warzone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to regret saying that. To be honest, I'm I'm all in on zombies lately, so... Oh my god, me too. Me too. (laughs) I will pop in and just play a quick round with some randos. It's so good. I actually played some uh, Cold War multiplayer with Tom last night. Popped on, played some Sticks and Stones. Tom Reagan showed up. He did. He actually messaged me about it. Wow. Found his phone, did he? (laughs) (laughs) Immediately lost it again. Oh, what is this thing that's making vibrations in my pocket? (laughs) Better turn it off. 1,200,000 messages. (laughs) Catherine, I'm popping out to the store to get a new phone. This one appears broken. It seems to be receiving data. Catherine, I'm back from the store with my new phone. Please place this in the sealed vault immediately. (laughs) Never show me it again. (laughs) When you give me this phone, it better be off. If it's on, I'll return it. Takes it out of the box, he immediately just takes a hammer to it. (laughs) There, done. (laughs) He told me at one point that's exactly what he does when he gets a new phone is before he even does anything, he just puts it on silent. He's like, it's never been off silent except for the first (laughs) moment it was ever powered on. Can he not figure out some way to develop it so it doesn't um, even do a noise when he first switches it on? Goes in and rewrites the code. 
He does code, doesn't he? Yeah, he could do no, that. He could do, he could do that. He wait, could. hang on. Wait, wait, wait. If, if he gets an iPhone, because he's not an iPhone lad, is he? But if he gets an iPhone, the, the, it's a physical button, isn't it, to turn it on silent? So he could do it with that. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. He's all in on Samsung, like, because he used to work for him. Old Sammy Sung. Yes. Old Sammy Sung. Yeah, but... Uh, what, um... Daniel, I want to know, because you have probably played it more than Eric, just quickly, What's uh, what's how's Returnal? How is it? Dan and I need oh, to do a side quest on this. Yeah, I was going to say, like, shall we do a proper review on side quests at some point? But yes, we are going to do a proper review on side quests. I think me and Peterson will get together oh. when we've played a bit more of it. But first impressions, highly, highly positive. Highly recommend. Yes. Very um, high. It is the first truly next-gen feeling game that I've played. It's uh, The haptic feedback is exceptional on the controller. Mm. really is. Okay. It's, a, it's a really unique use of it, too, and it's, it hasn't taken me as long to get used to it as I thought it would when, I, when they first introduced the mechanic to him. Like, this is going to suck. But essentially, your gun has two firing modes, and more often than not, firing modes are dictated by two different buttons. Well, this one, it's dictated by how far you pull down the left trigger. So there, there's a a definite stop halfway down the trigger that you know, you press it and it's like okay if i press any further it's going to take more force so you hold it down and that just pulls up your your sights and then you can shoot but to do alternate fire you pull the trigger all the way in and that flips it over so it's a really unique uh, use of the haptic triggers but it also just requires you to be very conscious of how you're playing the game it's it's basically retraining your brain isn't it because mm-hmm. you're so used to just pulling down the trigger and you have to kind of do it more precisely it's interesting though because it adds an entirely basically a new button to the controller yep well and the thing about this game too that i like steph messaged uh sent a message in discord she didn't know it was a a roguelike and i don't think they did a a really good job of explaining that because i didn't think that it was really a roguelike until i started reading the reviews of it um and if so maybe i missed it but yeah it is a fantastic third person roguelike it's true died in the wool roguelike but it's it's also like a bullet hell shooter and also a bit like gears of war and a bit like dark souls see i think it plays very very like similar Metroid prime i think it's a great combination between metroid prime and doom at least the new doom eternal where you can jump and dash around in the air because yeah. you're doing a ton of that it is very fast paced but it's a ton it's of re- exploration it's really difficult as well <laughs> gets very. really difficult I thought I, I, I didn't think it was going to be very difficult because my first my second run, I made it all the way to the very first boss, which was like an hour run in. And I've been dying left and right since then. It's like the game will drip feed you things. And I seem to have hit a point where it's drip feeding me pain. And it's just extremely difficult. I'll get two rooms into my run and be like, oh, I'm dead. I have killed a boss number two. Oh, Oof. And I've then it gets runs. even fucking harder. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll get into it when we do a proper side quest on it. But for those who are curious, uh, get it! Yeah, I know yeah. I know. we had some listeners who were curious. That's why I brought it up, like, just to kind of give you quick impressions and stuff. To be quite honest, I'd be iffy about buying it because of the 70 quid price tag, which is probably going to be true for me for most games. But I had a voucher for Amazon for £40, so I thought for 30 quid, I shall dabble. And I'm pleased I did. Should have saved that and got Resident Evil Village next week. Nah, I should load a shake, man. 
I would say that this is definitely worth full price if you like roguelikes. I think that's a big stipulation because I think I went into this thinking it was going to be like a sci-fi adventure style game, kind of like a Dead Space style, but it's it's not that at all. See, Mike, I'm unsure if you would like it because I think you would get frustrated with it. Was that? It's very you, hard. It's very hard, and you go back to the start literally every time you die. Hmm. Yeah, but I but enjoyed the, I enjoyed binding uh, binding Isaac. Yeah, so there are there are permanent upgrades that carry with you as you go through. Um, there are some very difficult aspects at the very beginning. The risk versus reward is a little skewed heavily towards risk because you can pick up these items that have malignment on them and they can cause a various amount of, of issues. So one of them could be um, you have higher integrity, which is your health, but every time you pick up an item, your health goes down. So it, it's weird aspects like that. And you can cleanse those through somehow throughout the run, whether it's picking up artifacts or using ether to cleanse them off um, or doing melee kills or things like that. So it is this really intricate cycle of uh, risk versus reward. Yeah, you've always got to think, should I pick that up? Because I might be fucked in the next fight if I do this. <laughs> well, the, the guns are fantastic, too. It has a little bit of that Borderlands feel to it where it's like, okay, this gun does X, Y, and Z, and then they pop up another gun next to it that you can pick up, and it, it's somewhat similar, but this one has armor piercing, whereas this one has a shortened maw to it. Mm. I'm digging it's it. It's made I by really um, like it. House Mark, who made uh, Resogun. I don't know if you ever played that, Mike. I've not played Resident Evil. I have it on my Vita. I've been mean to get around to it. There's I, a whole host of games I have on my Vita that I've been mean to get around to. to be I finally saw the Resogun reference in the cockpit of the of the Helios. Very good. Yeah. Oh, very good. So, um, but yeah, more on the retro I'm side. Really, things, I'm so. really intrigued what's going on in the story as well. It's like, so I want to find. I want to find out. It's so very, very, of, very, very quick. Uh, you are a space woman scout who is investigating a signal from a planet and you crash land and you are a bit like Metroid prime that. Yeah. You are unable to get off this planet because every time you die, you essentially go through your entire life again, up to the point where you crash land and you just keep going through that same cycle. But as you explore, you're finding previous versions of your own dead body with audio logs. And that's kind of how the story is drip fed to you through your own personal audio logs that you have dropped as a previous life. That's really terrifying. Cool. Imagine really finding cool. your own dead body. You really fucked up, too. <laughs> yeah. It looks like she's died a lot. Oh, yeah. So, um, But yeah, Dan, you and I will do a, we'll do a proper side quest on it at some point and talk, talk more about it. But um, anyone who's on the fence, like my stipulation is you have to like roguelikes. And if you like them, 100% buy this game. If you're kind of on the fence about it, you know, watch a couple reviews, watch some people play it. But I still highly recommend it. It looks great. God, it looks good. Yes. Interesting. Uh, more on the retro side of things, Dan, but I've noticed retro. you... Um, I, retro! I didn't realize you'd started Final Fantasy X-2 again. I did. I like, needed a big RPG to fill the hole that Final Fantasy X had left oh, in, between oh, playing, yeah. in between playing Cyberpunk. Can you do me a huge <laughs> favor, reason, Dan? What? Don't talk about Final Fantasy X-2 because you're going to make me want to play it and I have it sitting on my <laughs> Vita. Well, it's a shit because I'm going to ask him about it. Because I, I, I started playing Ten Two uh, last year and fell off very, very quickly. Hang on, Dan's dis- I'm literally trying to ask Dan a question. He's disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Oh, I have that. I have. Oh, I've that. got the. I think I have the big collectors yeah, one. I have too. that as well, Dan. Um, yeah, I was literally about to ask you a question, Dan. You Play disappeared. It. Play it. 
Um, what does that say? Yeah, I, I was it's playing full it. Of, it's full of goodness. Great. I was playing it last year and quick, very quickly fell off it again because, like, I started to realize, like, as an older gamer and and as someone who kind of through the process of being part of Factory Sealed and being into my games more, I I kind of overanalyze things in games sometimes, and I just realized that it's it's almost kind of just a collection of mini games disguised as a story. And I kind of, it really kind of put me off it. I wonder how you felt now kind of returning to it as you're a bit older. You know what? It's, it is sort of that now you mention it, but I really like it because particularly if you come off the back of Final Fantasy X, which is very, very linear, like kind of very doom and gloom. This is kind of like just the complete, the complete opposite where everything's happy and kind of, yeah, there's the, the kind of world-ending threat, as you'd expect from Final Fantasy, but a lot of it is kind of, like, really campy and a bit daft, and I just it, think it's really good. It's such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I really like it, the battle system in it. I, I think me too. If you look past kind of the ridiculousness of the dress sphere system, like, it's actually a real fun system, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But I like the... Because it's, it's still the you know turn-based or atb based system and it's but your characters kind of move around the screen with it and i always kind of liked that and i i always found it interesting how when we got to final fantasy 13 they then kind of backed away from that because i thought that was going to be the natural progression of it if i actually really, 12, really 12 cool. came before that didn't it? that was yeah. definitely different it was really cool though because the on Final Fantasy X, everybody would take their turn and wait for the next person to attack. It was more fast-paced than the old ones, but on this one, literally all three characters can attack at once. Mm. And I didn't realise on the HD remaster, I don't think I might have ever played it, there's a whole entirely new system where you can uh, capture creatures and use them in your party. Um, oh. Was that not in the original? I can't remember. No, it wasn't. It's definitely only in the international and the... Uh, um, HD remaster, but I haven't used it at all because it's fine yeah, just but, using the. F- yeah, but Dan, we would have had the we would have had the international version in the UK. Well, I didn't notice it. Okay, because <laughs> 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 that's that's like the same as the Final Fantasy X. They got the uh, was it Advanced Sphere Grid internationally, so we got that. Yeah, and the Dark Eons. Dark Eons. Dark Eons, which also appear in Final Fantasy X too. Oh, do they? But in in the story, yes. Oh, interesting. Didn't realize. But um, playing it is really interesting, though, because I think I've always played this with the guide. Like when I used to get a Final Fantasy back in the day, I would get the guide and always reference it as I was playing along. I don't know, and Eric. That sounds like cheating to me. May as well be playing geez, it three what's times next? speed. Four x speed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but if you if you played Final Fantasy X two without a guide, you would miss so much stuff. Oh, still sounds like cheating to me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you like to ask me about a game that I'm not cheating while playing? No, I'm still One talking game. about Final Fantasy, if you don't mind. Talking about cheating on Final Fantasy. Fine, what are you been playing? <laughs> Just kidding. <Dan. laughs> Keep talking about Final Fantasy, I want to hear No, it. I shan't. Okay. What do you want me to say about it? Final Fantasy X 2? Do you think he'll stick to it then? Do you think you'll? I know, I know, like this is the most ridiculous question to ask you, but I know you're back at work and stuff like that. So, do you do you think you'll? It's most likely. Work. I'm at the end. Of, I'm uh, nearly at the end of chapter three, and there's five chapters. So, mm. interesting. Mm. Mm. interesting. Chapters. It's it. I I remember the storyline being a bit vague. Like why? Thank uh, you. The doo doo looks like uh, Titus is there. 
I never finished it, so I still don't Have understand. I, I shan't no. spoil. I haven't played it since it came taught. out in high school. Freaking love know, Eric, Eric doesn't like playing Final Fantasies on the show anymore. So uh, I didn't say that. So <laughs> I don't. I doubt we'll ever play it. Who said that? Well, so have you never? Have you never seen the the uh, secret ending and stuff of it? It's really good. Who me? Yes, well, Eric. The secret ending of Ten Two. Yeah. Well, well, why would I? I've never finished it. You I've never seen the actual on, ending. Why, why would I have seen that? I've never seen the actual ending. We why would I have seen the secret games ending? On YouTube. Will, you, will you please replay it, please? Because it's bloody marvellous. I did, and I fell off it. Well, get back on it, son. No. But don't do the calibrate and the lightning towers and the thunder planes, because that is shit. It ah, is the worst minigame. It's even possibly worse than the minigames from Final Fantasy X. And that's is it worse something. than Blitzball? Yes. Yes, will it is. Will you fuck off with that? And Blitzball is, is even worse in Ten Two because it becomes basically Football Manager. Uh, so and you can't actually play a Blitzball. What is this calibrating the lightning? How so? It, what is it? It's you have to go up to the lightning towers and there are <laughs> sorry, three different. Sorry, sorry, I'm going to stop. I've just realised what top Eric's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, Eric's wearing uh, his but why Dan top. But why? <laughs> but where where he was sat? It's just like Eric uh, Dan's strained face was like just peeking over the cap over the bottom of his cap. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go on. Yes. Uh, calibrate the lightning the towers. Calibrate the lightning. What do you want her to say about it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are three different types, so every character does different ones. Uh, Riku has the easiest easiest ones where you have to input button presses as they appear on the screen but they get faster and faster and then as you go up the towers they get more and more complicated so you might have to press l1 square or up square up triangle and that kind of stuff and then you literally get about half a second to input it and you only get three fails before you can do it uh unas are the hardest of the lot they're memory ones so you you'll get like a combination so say a triangle circles x and then later on, on the final tower, you have to input them in reverse while doing it in a t- at a time limit. And then Payne has ones where there's three buttons on the screen. They'll come down really fast and one of them flashes and you quickly have to press that button. It's so difficult. That doesn't sound I- fun. No, it's not. I think I wasted a good hour trying to do one of Riku's towers and then I looked in the guide and it just turns out it isn't needed for 100% completion. So I went, fuck this. <laughs> but I so did, is you, you I did miss something during one of the missions, which means I will not get 100% and I'm not happy. Oh, Dan, you're going to have to start again. I know. I'll do New Game Plus. I'm pretty like sure, actually, I've followed the guide for this multiple times. I'm sure if you follow the official guide, it misses something and you can't complete it. Not very official, then, is it? Sounds like an excuse to me. What do you think, Eric? Uh, excuses are like assholes. Everybody's got one, and that one's actually pretty good looking. Because <laughs> if you look at if you look in the back of the official guide, it has literally a hundred percent completion checklist. Literally, literally, <laughs> literally retro. All right, you Sorry. fucking numpty. <laughs> All right, that's uh, Final Fantasy X two. Play it, play it, play it. Dan, Dan, yeah, Dan. I finished Oddworld. So you haven't finished it. I got the really, really, really fucking dark ending. 
So you haven't finished like, it. I got to the end and went, wow, I did Abe a disservice. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was having Ellie watch with me because it's a game that the kids could watch and got to the end of that and went, she probably shouldn't have seen that. I wonder if, how many endings is there? Is there just one bad ending? I don't know, but I'm I'm pretty sure I got the worst ending you could get because I went back and looked at my Quarma. The only ones that were positive were the first level, the third level, and one of the middle levels, and that was it. Everything else was negative. So I looked into how the Quarma is rated. I didn't realize that your Quarma went down for killing Sligs. Does it? Yes, that affects your Quarma. What is this, Metal Gear Solid? Yes. So I went back through and played the first two levels, trying not to kill any Sligs and saving every single Madokan and went, not going to do this because the parts where you got to get the Madokans up that fence, or the, those ladders, I'm not doing it. Fuck that. Yeah, it's... it's Well, we talked extensively about this on SideQuest, so if you want to check out that for the, the full thoughts on it, but it's such a difficult game. Not, in a, a, good, not in a good way either. It's just... It's a shame because the story in this one is so good. It's so good. Yeah. But it's just not worth the effort required to get to it. I'm so disappointed. It's probably going to be one of my biggest disappointments of the year, to be quite honest. Yep. It's my I biggest mean, disappointment of the generation so far. Oh, God. <laughs> Bold. Which, I, for one, am glad you finished it, Eric. I'm very happy for you, but mainly more happy for me because I'm sick of hearing you bitch about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I finally let you finish Dead Space 2 so. uh, Right? I know, sorry <laughs> Honestly, weeks Just Eric coming into the chat Like I've, I've no, I don't think I've ever Just decided to not play a game Because I've heard someone bitch about it so much Like I have with this game I've had it on my uh, PS5 hard drive Just to, to dabble with it at some point And uh, I've just, every time I look at it I'm like Those boys We're haven't doing- sold it That's for sure <laughs> We just did you a favor. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, just uh, read the story synopsis in case they do a sequel, which is better. I think I'm probably just going to watch the good ending on YouTube. Yeah, that then. Yeah. I would. <laughs> there are two extra levels, though, which you've missed. Yeah, if they're anything like the ones leading up to it, I want nothing to do with them. Go to Soulstorm <laughs> Brewery. I want absolutely nothing to do with them. I've uninstalled that game from my hard drive. What's your name, Dan Curtis? Yeah. Well, you can I'm always download sure it again. Gonna... Oh, no, you can't because you've got a data cap. What a shame. <laughs> I'm not even sure if I'm going to keep my special edition pre-order for the uh, uh, collector's edition. Uh, what Why? Well, I bought it because or I pre-ordered it because I thought it was going to be really rare. They were really, really hard to find, but now you can find them everywhere. Hmm. So, all right, I'll really let you sure that I, off. I thought you were going to say, "Oh, it's because I don't enjoy the game." I was like, "Yeah, but you're not going to open it to play that copy of the game anyway." <laughs> well, I actually did want to open it because it has a sweet Oddworld statue in it. Okay, but the statue really is pretty cool. Like- do I want to spend one hundred and fifty dollars on a game that I actually dislike? I said, this on, I said this on um, SideQuest. It's a, a tiny minor spoiler for the game. But it, Mike, did you watch all the trailers and stuff for Soulstorm? Mm, I don't remember, but I've listened well, to that SideQuest. So did you see the anyway. one where it looks like he's cutting open the stitches on his mouth? Yes. 
That is a complete fake out. That happens literally the start of the game and he doesn't do it. Yep. Whereas I was expecting like a big moment where he would actually cut them out and <laughs> but he'd have a new never... vocal abe if anything they put more stitches in his mouth because he can't say shit yeah they totally reduced the game speak in this and maybe I they mean, stitched we up his into... arsehole maybe that's why he couldn't fart <laughs> I, I that's unforgivable as far as i'm concerned <laughs> the fact that you can no longer drink soul storm brew and possess your farts is not acceptable wasn't that the, the that was a massive mechanic in uh exodus it was wasn't it because he drinks a soul storm brew and then didn't he transform or some shit no, he farted, and then you could possess them. Uh, yes, I remember. But didn't he turn You could make them move, and they made a, f- a prolonged fart noise, like when Eric does it, and then you could move them to near a slig and blow them up. It was brilliant. It was so good. Interesting. Yeah, you got. I have Abe's Exodus sat there on my Vita to play, and I was, I've been after listening to you guys on SideQuest, I've been tempted to play it. But you guys have already done it for the show, haven't you? Yeah. Play that one. It's so much better. Allegedly. Mm. Allegedly. Yeah. Only, only Tom remembered. So I can't remember the last show. Never mind back then. I mean, the last show was the side quest you've just been referring to. So don't lie. Oh, to me. shut up! Don't lie to me, Daniel. Mister Pedantic, I know all the stuff. No, we got it's pronounced Peterson here on the show. He remembers everything anybody said, and in context, you calling me fat? Calling you an elephant? Yeah. Well, Which means you are wise, grey, and big. <laughs> <laughs> so he was calling me fat, is what you're saying. In a polite way. <laughs> you, sir, oh, really? are fucking massive. Why, well, yeah, like that elephant's got a foot-long trunk? Depends <laughs> <laughs> is a baby elephant. I'll have you know that I'm continuing to chug along with Star Ocean First Departure R. Nothing more to say about it. It's Star Ocean First Departure R. <laughs> what you would say about it, Star Ocean? Fucking <laughs> Star Ocean. I've already talked about it. Is that still your bedtime game? What does the R yeah. stand for? Returnal. <laughs> to sender. Stands for really. What else do I have to say about this? Returnal to sender. Are you still enjoying it? Oh, yeah. so there's no. so many deep mechanics to it that i just don't understand everybody's got these you can go to a store you can purchase new knowledge sets and then every battle you're done with you get these sp points that you can go into skills and there's dozens and dozens and dozens of skills like uh i i, I don't even know i can't pull any of them off the top of my head but they create these different things like oh now i can put on a pair of glasses and i can identify this rock or i can identify this piece of cloth or i can write Hello, a shopkeeper book, clive have you got any knowledge you can buy a bunch of musical instruments and a piece of paper and a pen and you can compose music i don't know what it does but it's fun the game is so freaking deep i just don't i i go in and i went oh I'm going to put points into this, 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 this. Some of them are passive. Some are active towards, oh, your 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 uh, attack damage randomly increases. Your defense randomly increases. Your spell damage lasts longer. Shorten time between whatever. And then there's other ones like, you can put pants on better. Like, what does that even do? Don't know. But don't it's know fun. Either. It's fun. How far like in do you think you are? Uh, 12 hours. Mm. A little under halfway. Oh, it's, it's not, not very long. Super long. I thought it was a yeah, big, it's not a super long mahusive, game, no. mahusive RPG. 
I'm a little disappointed that it, it there, there's not as much of it in space as I was hoping there would be. Well, that's why you should have been carried on playing on Dead... Uh, put my teeth in. I'll say it before Dan does. Um, carried on playing Dead Space. Would that you like to tell us about Dead Space, Mike? Why? I don't know. You keep talking about it. It's almost... Well, yeah, because uh, we, we, we will get to it. I mean, what, are you wanting to transition? I thought that was a transition. No, it wasn't. I was just... Well, fuck we me. Our segues are out of practice. Fuck me. You can tra- transition if you want. It's up to you. Who's going to... Uh, Who's going to uh, do the Tom bit? Daniel? Tom? What? Just be missing? <laughs> yes, just don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> what Tom What Tom bit, Mike? You know, the, the good, bit. Good, 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 good game of the week, 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 week. Oh, yeah. That one. Wait, I like you the game of the week. Doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? Uh, are you wanting me to do the the spiel? I don't care. Yeah, oh, okay. sure. All right, game. then. We played. You know we play played. We were promised. We played. Dead Space 2, the sequel to Dead Space 1, if you can believe it. Science fiction survival horror game uh, published by EA, developed by Visceral, the now defunct Visceral. Um, it was released uh, on Windows on the PlayStation 3rd and the Xbox 3rd 60th. Um, it was basically <laughs> January 2011. Um, it was over a few days. <laughs> did, did you enjoy that? Why didn't um, it come out on the Nintendo Footlong? <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone, Christ! No, um, yeah, still, uh, like I said, survival horror video game, very much uh, akin to the original. But in my opinion, and uh, not to uh, not to spoil us, our kind of rundown of the game at the end um, that we normally do, uh, far superior to Dead Space One in just about every single fucking way. What do we think? Yeah, I mean, it was better than the first one. What do you want me to say? Oh, for fuck's sake. I hate you so much, Eric. You know what? Trying to get responses from you lot for a decent podcast is like getting pulled out of a stone (laughs) sometimes. Well, then don't say something as stupid as that that I could just latch on to. Well, I was leading you into something. You said the segues are off. I was trying to lead you into conversation. (laughs) Eric? We can, it can be about anything, mate, and somebody will ruin it. It's, it's, not, it's not possible for the four of us to maintain a normal conversation for a lengthy period of time. It's not. I mean, honestly, listeners, if you could see into our WhatsApp chat, you would understand. Trying to arrange this show alone. <laughs> Trying to get a response out of anybody is a miracle. <laughs> You put something serious in there, nothing. You accidentally make a typo, and they make fun of you for five years. <laughs> or yes. you use an abbreviation. Dan Curtis made the most adult decision he's ever made in his life the other day. What did these do? <laughs> they ripped the piss out of me rather than saying congratulations. <laughs> I'm buying a house, by the way, people. Exciting Hooray! stuff. Make sure it comes with all the nails that you need. <laughs> I know because they don't go in the wall afterwards. <laughs> Make sure there's no breeze, like breeze coming through the keel. Is Crystal going to let you put holes in the wall? Yes. Oh, we can do whatever the hell we want. We own the house. Can you burn it down? Yes, I can. Okay. <laughs> Although I probably warned because I won't have anywhere to live. Yeah, go back to Het. We've already had the Great Fire of Het. We don't want it again. That was on the Alan Cheesecake episode. 
that dear. was. Pimping uh, the old episodes now, but uh, yes, as I was no, saying, yeah, okay, Dead Space so, Two. Seems as though you weren't saying, weren't doing it. It was, believe it or not, one of the do most you want expensive my video games. Or not? Oh, fine, go on then. I was going to tell nope. a fact about it, but you, tell me a they, fact. You know, it's factory sealed. I was trying to give a fact. Well, fact. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Right. No, I don't want your opinion. We should start doing video reviews on YouTube. Fact. Nobody (laughs) cares. It was one of the most expensive video games. Well, Steph and I are going to start a YouTube channel called Skip, and it's just us starting a game and then just skipping everything and then two minutes of bitching about how we don't understand what the fuck's going on, and then video ends. (laughs) Isn't that just most episodes of this anyway? Yeah, it's close. It was one of the most expensive video games ever made with a budget of 120 million. What? Yep. Why? Above what? it, like so. I can, I've just I've pulled up the list of most expensive video games to develop. So that's between its marketing and its development between 2008 oh. and 2010, right? But in terms, of, so that's total cost of marketing development. The only games above that, um, it goes like this: Red Dead Redemption Two, Star Citizen, Cyberpunk. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Grand Theft Auto 5, Star Wars The Old Republic, Halo 2, Marvel's Avengers, Destiny, and then Dead Space 2. Dead Believe Space 2 cost more to make than Red Dead Redemption 2. No, 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 Red Dead Redemption 2 is the top. I went oh, down. Got I went it. made it oh. most expensive down. God, Square Enix put a lot of money into Marvel's Avengers. Oh, damn. Yeah, well, the marketing alone is probably ridiculous for that. Um, but yeah, the next game below that, believe it or not, is Final Fantasy VII, the original. But yeah, mm. crazy. Like, no wonder <laughs> no wonder after Dead Space 3 did badly, they uh, they kind of got rid of the series. And yeah, I say this so, one doesn't exist anymore anyway. And I wonder why it costs so much. Did it use some kind of revolutionary technology? or No, I think the well, CEO I'm, gave himself a fat raise. Well, I know they put a lot of money into the marketing, Um as part of the um, build-up to this, and I was reminded of this because we stream, me and Hazel streamed all of Dead Space Two on Twitch, and um, as one of the viewers, and I can't remember who it was, they 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 brought up the marketing, and I completely forgot about it. But they, one of their advertising campaigns was that they they uh, they selected two hundred women who uh, they were selected for like their conservative values and lack of familiar familiarity with video games, um, and essentially just showed them all loads and loads of deaths of. Isaac, because obviously one of the iconic, iconic things of the series is, is the way that Isaac dies, and filmed their reactions. And I remember the I remember these adverts where they they showed like the women obviously in front of a test screen and they flash into the deaths and stuff, and them all just not being very happy about it. Um, the campaign slogan was "Your mom hates Dead Space 2. I remember that. Yeah. Huh. And wasn't it an eighteen as well? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> Um, it does say on here this is just on Wikipedia it says the campaign was criticised as sexist and reinforcing stereotypes against female and older gamers <laughs> why? huh? why was I, I didn't think it was particularly derogatory towards either. women or anything the campaign? Mm, well it's just saying that women and uh, female and older gamers don't you know are not familiar because if you remember those games it was very much the comedy of it was their unfamiliarity with with the, the games themselves. Yeah, but I mean, the the storyline itself being sexist, like Ellie was a pretty badass character in there. Yeah, she, she was. No, 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 the, no, the no, just the ad- no, the advertising, not the game. Oh, okay. So the, game the, was, the yeah. advertising was sexist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
got you. I was going to say because yeah. the game was like Ellie, like Eric says, the Ellie character was really quite a strong female character, and I thought, mm, yeah, I thought so. Um, so, Mike, to answer what? your previous question uh, about how I felt about this one versus the original, um, I was shocked at how engaged I was within the first. 20 minutes of this game the first dead space was great don't get me wrong I, we had a freaking blast with that but this one was miles above anything that i experienced with the first game and it was instantaneous i sat down and i probably played the first half of the game in two days and then i just kind of tapered off after that but uh, <laughs> by a month or so <laughs> didn't play the second half was, until three weeks later <laughs> i was enjoying it so much but um i'll say that the one thing that that I think really brought it to the next level was giving Isaac a voice. Yes, I'm a big fan of a protagonist actually having a voice. I don't really like a mute protagonist. I like I'm of the opinion that Half Life would be better if Gordon Freeman actually spoke. And I just I feel. But could you imagine Link speaking in Zelda? Yes, I can. I can't. The, the the weird thing about if you gave a voice to Link though is what would you give him for the the Western version because his alright the, 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 no, <laughs> the, the noises he makes are very clearly Jap, like yeah. from a Japanese person <laughs> and That's and true. honestly like don't get me wrong I was glad there was voice acting in Breath of the Wild but the less said about Zelda the better Link open your well, we've already eyes, talked about God Final Fantasy it. so we had to get Zelda yeah. in yeah but no I agree with Dan like. Freeman having a voice would be would be interesting because I think especially with a first person game like that where you're you're constantly through the eyes of that person, you you can't really see their reactions to things or their mannerisms or anything like that. So it's you don't really gauge how people are reacting to things. And I think with Dead Space One, sure Isaac would grunt and breathe heavily and stuff like that, but you know, obviously you can't see his face and you you didn't always necessarily gauge how he was necessarily reacting to the weird shit going on. Well, what I really liked about the beginning of this one was that it didn't just immediately drop you into the, the, Oh, spooky, scary. There's some psychological shit that was going on. Cause this is how long after the first one, three years, three years. So you are back in, I don't remember the name of the space station, but anyway, you, you escape, you get back and you've it's been just, put into kind of this psych ward looking institution where they're conducting experiments on people. And um, Mike, you can probably explain that aspect of it better, yeah. but then a whole bunch of shit goes down and it's the sprawl. The what? It's a, it's a, it's called the sprawl. It's a densely populated metropolis built on a shard of the moon Titan, which is Saturn's largest moon. Yes. And you now, come to discover I, that they have used um, Isaac's memories through uh, some sort of of manipulation, psycho manipulation to recreate the marker. And if you don't remember, the marker is this religious artifact from the first game. Um, I don't remember what it does, but there's this huge cult and religion around it. And, and it's Isaac- uh, really good for writing on whiteboards. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all next week. <laughs> No, I was going to say with the uh, the psychological stuff, um, it's kind of it's in the start and it flashes up a couple of other times, but it's not really developed enough. I felt throughout. Anyone? Um, yeah, say I, that again, Dan. Sorry, you broke up a little bit for me. Um, the psychological stuff is kind of it's developed. 
it's in the start a bit, but as it progresses, I feel like it kind of died off a bit. Well, it, it died wasn't... off with with Isaac, but Strauss, I mean, you really saw it coming through with him because he was another one of the victims of those experiments. And oh, the yeah, whole concept with with um, the the ghost lady, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on her name, that keeps appearing. Uh, it's Isaac's Nicole. wife, right? Nicole. Nicole's well, yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, Nicole. Yeah. I felt like it was tied in quite heavily throughout because as you're progressing through the game, you'll get these flashbacks of shit that happens, especially once you get back onto the Ishimura. But Nicole is popping up randomly throughout and and basically taunting you. Yeah, I would would have liked more stuff like that, though, where it goes a bit fucked up, like with the flashbacks and stuff like you could do like some quite cool stuff, like seeing things which aren't there and stuff. He sees Nicole and stuff, but I think I feel like you could lean into it a bit more. I just wanted yeah. a bit more from it. But it See, was good. interesting because a lot, a lot of those are kind of jump scares, Dan. I know you're not kind of massive on jump scares. Oh, this is going to lead back to my thing of you actually enjoying horror games. Yeah, I I think I found this one a bit more unnerving than the first one because, like you say, it did have an element of jump scares more than the first one. And also because it's a lot darker. Oh, I my found God, the, this game is dark. Yeah, and a kind of Isaac's guns now. I don't know if did they have a flashlight on them in the first one. I don't think so, not that I remember. Because there's multiple areas, and the enemies seem a bit more aggressive on this one as well, I thought, yeah. than the first well, one. Regarding the darkness, so I was playing this on Series X, and um, a lot of games now, there's an auto HDR mode you can put on, which looks fantastic, looks real good, but this game is so dark that with the auto HDR on, the dark is so fucking dark, it's almost unplayable. I had to turn the auto HDR off on it. Obviously, it's not designed to have HDR on, but yeah, um, which is a shame because in the light bits, it did look real good. But yeah, it it did not help at all. <laughs> I I played the PS3 version, and that was really dark at times. Yeah, I was playing and this on 360 on my One uh, X. Sometimes I was just blundering around in the darkness, shooting wildly at stuff and hoping I hit them. <laughs> <laughs> which is part of the experience, and it it really added to the feel of it. But again, I. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Like I didn't expect to enjoy Dead Space One as much as I did, and this one again kind of it hooked me. It there's elements of it I didn't like, like towards the end where you get that stupid regenerating monster again. Space oh, fucking Space Nemi. Space Nemi makes a return, and he shouldn't have because he's fucking annoying. <laughs> well, the thing is, going back to the very beginning that um, that Eric was talking about, and how it dragged him in. Like the the very beginning of this game is mental it's because insane. it literally starts off with you you're in a straight jacket well Isaac's in a straight jacket and this guy comes and lets him out but you're still in the straight jacket because obviously shit's going down and he suddenly gets killed by a necromorph straight in front of Isaac and literally the beginning of the game is you running through corridors where necromorphs are just bursting out of doors and through windows and shit like that whilst you're in a straight jacket with no way to fight them whatsoever what a That's way to re- start a game yeah, that is really intense. cool, and I think this kind of is seen throughout the the difference between the first and the second is these kind of more cinematic moments which are throughout and kind of really enhance it. Like the bit, for example, where you're in an ejector seat and you launch out into space and you rocket across space, dodging debris. That is flipping awesome. Yeah, it's it definitely it, it has a lot more set pieces. I think. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of what they, as far as I understand, with Dead Space 3, they leaned into that too much and like drastically reduced the horror aspect, which was the wrong decision. i tell you the one thing that, that stuck with me uh, as kind of a point of bother, and this is the same as, as the first game, was 
I feel like they don't give you the opportunity to explore with other weapons as much. You, from the very beginning, you kind of have to dedicate yourself to one, maybe two weapons. Because if you if you buy, first of all, you're not going to be able to buy all of the weapons. Um, you just won't be able to come up with enough cash for it. And if you do, you're not going to have the inventory space for all the ammo needed for all of them. So you do sort of have to say from the beginning, ah, I'm going to stick with these two guns, which, yeah, it's great. And it does kind of encourage additional playthroughs but i found myself using the plasma cutter 90 percent of the time and the only time i used the javelin was when i ran out of ammo for that see i i've played this before and i knew going into it the exact four weapons i would be using um because of that i mean i stuck with the plasma cutter the line gun um which was the kind of wide for those that haven't played this is like a a wider version of the plasma cutter that almost acts a bit like a shotgun style mm-hmm. but it's wide and can take off the limbs because if you remember from the first game the when we reviewed that the, the 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 whole premise of the the necromorphs and the creatures you fight is that the limbs are the weak spot and you shoot the limbs and you can also toy with that a little bit where because isaac has his stasis and his uh telekinesis so you can literally shoot off a limb well you can you can slow down a necromorph using the stasis shoot off a limb use the telekinesis to grab the limb and then fire the limb at the necromorph which would kill it a bit easier but um, yes, yeah, so there's a line gun, and I use the um, oh, the pulse rifle, which has a much better secondary fire on this one, because on the first one, he kind of fires into the air. It does like a surrounding shot. This one, it's it's like firing a grenade. And then I also use the seeker rifle, which the secondary fire on that is a zoom, and it works a little bit like a sniper rifle. But I knew going in, I was going to be using those four weapons because I knew that trying to use, you know, trying to focus on other weapons that you're not familiar with is just it's just pointless yeah and this one does give you more options for guns and it's a real shame that you have to kind of decide early on which ones you're going to stick with so i did the uh the plasma cut like eric probably 90 percent of the time i for the necromorphs which like to play hide and seek hide no hide and seek nomorphs if you will i use the line gun <laughs> uh and then i use the pulse rifle for or the whichever rifle you get early on for the tiny little things that attack you yeah but those hide and seek nomorphs right fuck those fuck guys those guys they were like uh velociraptors yes yeah, well they, they actually have my um one of my favorite trophy names ever is in this game and it's when you first kill when you first experience those and the uh you do the bit where you have to kill them and they <laughs> the trophy is clever girl Yep. I oh, yes, one. I did notice that. Yeah. I forgot about it. Yeah, one of my so, favorite trophy names ever. <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with these these enemies, basically what they do is they hide behind different parts of the environment and then you'll see them peeking out and then suddenly they'll just flipping charge at you out of nowhere and you get like a split second to react to their attack. Uh, what I would do is I would back myself into a corner yep. and uh, equip the lion gun and just hope for the best. <laughs> I would use stasis. I found myself using stasis a lot more this playthrough and... Um, was there telekinesis in the first game? Yes. Yeah, there was. And I don't think I used much of it in the first game. I used it a ton. I, like you said before, I would shoot the limb off of a guy, telekinesis, and then throw it back at him to help save ammo because I felt like I was pretty scarce on ammo a good chunk of this game. Uh, me too, because I barely used stasis and kinesis as well. So, <laughs> But uh, what I would do is stomp the shit out of everything after I'd killed it, just to make sure it was oh, dead, yeah. which gives you more oh, ammo. Yeah, so. yeah me- melee is very important. Like, if you if you do get around to playing this after we've, after, you know, after listening to us, like, do not underestimate how great melee is. Because even when you're running low on ammo, 
like the the way the guns are, especially the plasma cutter, has this kind of almost shielded bit around the front that you can rotate. But if you're using the plasma cutter and melee at the same time, it does really help with the with saving some ammo because you can use a stasis on the on the enemies and then use that, and the limbs will still come off. The question I have is: Did those horrible fucking dudes with the like exploding thing on the end of their arm. I'll find the name for them in yeah. a sec. Were they in Dead Space 1? Because I fucking hate those guys. Oh I man, I were. love those guys because I would shoot their arm off and then I would telekinesis pull that, that little bomb in and throw it back at other people. Yeah, but I also didn't like but the I tell noise you what, they made. I tell you what screamed. was fucking unnerving was when you got to go through the nursery and murder a bunch of small uh, necromorph babies. Baby nomorphs, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this is going to be a thing, and you're going to accept it, and you're going to like it. You've got a, have you got a name for all of them? <laughs> but no, there's one thing that um, definitely kind of stuck from Dead Space One, where as you progress through the story, you go to varied, you went to different areas, but with it being um, a huge space station, essentially. Um, the the areas are much more varied. So on Dead Space 1, as you're going through the Ishimura, it was just kind of, oh, this is engineering, this is a medical deck, this is a science deck, and, you know, it was very samey. Whereas this, it's it's a, it's a essentially like a it's a space station, but it's like a city. Yes. In some but ways. And, one of know, my big of issues with so Dead many Space areas. One of my big issues with Dead Space 1, Mike, if you remember, was the breaking up of the chapters with the trams all the time. I... Mm didn't like that but on this one it's just a smooth transition between chapters you literally just walk in and it'll say like chapter five chapter I six that so many times and yeah and it's just i feel like it just flows much better it does more of a cohesive experience and kind of it it's not like necessarily every mission is kind of power up this tram so you can go somewhere else mm. it just makes it a more like cohesive experience and makes it more dramatic and you get more involved i feel because of that but yeah yeah agreed and you get so much as i was saying you get so many different areas you know you like you you wander through at one point you're wandering through a unitology church and finding out some history about unitology and stuff like that and then the next minute like eric said you're going through like a child's daycare like a nursery with like discordant fucking nursery rhyme noises and a child's laughter well, how about and- the mom like you walk by the one section and there's a mom sitting in there consoling her baby and then they just explode yeah that yeah, was this one that was pretty grim. baby morphs or whatever you fucking called it <laughs> there was one bit early on so when the uh exploding morphs show up for the first time um <laughs> which was quite <laughs> which was uh, it was a like this really dark corridor is where they had like kind of those travelator things that you get in airports and you get near the door at the end and then you'll hear the noises they make and they all start shambling out that was really quite creepy i thought yeah I tell you, the, the worst enemies for me, and they're, they're not really enemies, it's just they, you don't always realise they're there if you rush into a room. So these, what me and Hazel dubbed space anuses, or space <laughs> assholes, um, which just look like these huge fucking zits that sit on the floor yeah. or the wall or anything like that. If you get too close to them, they explode a little thing out. Like the barnacles. And, yeah, I suppose they are, but we call them space assholes. Actually, but they, they are arsenomorphs, Mike. <laughs> they, um, <laughs> and they made a horrible, like, kind of... <laughs> noise but if you ran into a room and didn't catch that they would fuck you up oh yeah i think i spent 90 percent of this game on low health (laughs) didn't you use any of the uh power nodes and upgrade your rig i did i still spent it on low health (laughs) 
<laughs> I think I just I think I struggle with the limb removal. I just kind of blindly panic and shoot wherever. But uh, it worked. I got to the end. So interesting because I yeah I I'm not great with shooters as we've said before. I'm better with third person ones. But the I I found myself with the Dead Space games being so precise. I really do. Yeah, I didn't really um, struggle too much. I there was a, I died a lot. Uh, you know, let's be honest, I died a lot. But yeah, yeah I found it a lot me, easier. Me to shoot too. Them, I, so. I didn't like necessarily struggle, but there's just moments where you kind of get swarmed and they're coming from all directions, like the hide no morphs or wherever. And <laughs> there's a. I tell you which ones I really don't like. The ones which are kind of more like dogs and they jump on the walls and stuff. Jump no morphs, if you will. And <laughs> are they the ones that had the three little tentacles that would stick out? Uh, no, they're the uh, small tentacle nomos. Oh. Uh, Your naming conventions are failing. No. Yeah. I, I'll think, I'll think of a better name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, I, I, I find myself being much more precise this, and I think part of that is due to the stasis, but I don't know. I, what you said earlier about the, the ammo conservation on this, I, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think they expect you to do a little bit more, like, looking under cubby holes and looking under chests and things on the wall and stuff like that in this one because there's so many hidden uh, semiconductors which is why there's a world shortage of them at the moment because they're all in fucking dead space but um, you know you find plenty of those to sell and I found myself having to buy ammo quite a bit oh I was buying ammo all the time yeah I would always buy kind of I would try and buy something new if I could like a new suit and then I would use the rest for a couple of medipacks and ammo because the you, uh, um, this one feels like it has more interesting suits than the first one as well because the, the other one it just kind of it was the same suit upgraded whereas this one has um, the I don't want to say antique suit was it antique suit? something like that yeah Ret Raw yeah, suit Ret Raw the Ret Raw suit uh, Ret Raw suit um, and then there's the then you get the one later on where it looks all like sleek and everything like that but the um, there was a game actually released before this called dead space ignition that was like a um puzzle game um that if you complete you actually got another uh suit that you can unlock i'm just looking at them now but you had to have the game save on your hard drive then i assume yeah exactly um but there was there was other little things as well like if you had a dead space one save on your system you got the dead space one um plasma cutter because there's a new new kind of plasma uh, plasma cutter in this one it was it just, just an aesthetic just, thing though yeah, it's just a, like an aesthetic thing. Um, where is it? Vintage suit, not antique suit. That's what I was looking at. But this is um, this is also unfortunately where the um, a lot of the, the the issues with Dead Space Three came in because they started doing the whole microtransaction thing with this one because you can buy um, different weapon skins and different suits um, as DLC. And that's when they went full bore with that in, on Dead Space 3, which is one of the issues because Dead Space 3, not to go on too much of a tangent, you you create your own weapons on that and some of the microtransactions were linked to that. Like you'd buy, I'm sure you can buy like credits and stuff which upgrades your guns and, and like further than you would without. That's such a load of shit that, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Like sure. microtransactions still get a lot of flack and rightly so. But back then in that era when it was really bad, that's that's well, when it was kind of really annoying so- having to clip through the store every time you wanted to load into this game. Yeah. Well, there was uh, this was one of the games I remember because I, I I pre-ordered this um, back when it first came out, and this was um, this was one of those games where 
places like EA and I think Activision did it a bit as well, where to play the multiplayer aspect, because Dead Space 2 has a multiplayer mode, um, which I did dabble in back in the day. Well, I'll get onto that in a moment. But they, for a while, I don't know if you guys will remember this, games came with an online code. So if yep. you bought it brand new, you got the code. Oh, God, you pop yeah. It in, means you can play the online version. If you bought it secondhand, the code would be used. You'd have to pay to access the online stuff to get that the online code. That did not last long. No, it did not. But I remember Dead Space 2 being one of those. And it was the first game that I ever bought that, that had that. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, Jesus. I hope this doesn't become a thing. Thankfully, it didn't. But it was a way to make money out of people buying secondhand games to, that wanted to play the multiplayer part of it. That's, Which I don't think is active anymore. Well, so what's the multiplayer like? Uh, if I remember rightly, because I did dabble, um, there's basically a few of you in a room and basically just get hordes of, of enemies coming up. Just pulling it up now. Oh, so it's like a cooperative multiplayer, not a competitive. Yeah. Um, here we go. So Dead Space 2 is the first game of Yeah, Taking the roles of either a team of four sprawl security officers or a pack of four necromorph players, the security officer play, players must complete objectives such as arming a powerful bomb, while the necromorph players must attempt to stop them from completing their objectives. Okay. It's it's kind so, of yeah. from that era where everybody had to tack on multiplayer to everything. Like Bioshock 2. Uh, Batman Arkham Oranges. Square Oranges. Simulator. <laughs> no, but the thing the thing is that I think that affected um, review scores quite a bit in that era. Because I remember like a lot of reviewers were like, "I would give this game higher, but I have to I have to rate the entire thing as a package, and the multiplayer, you know, is part of that package." So it was just it was just unnecessary, and a kind of a lot of games suffered because of that because obviously different resources had to go into different aspects. I mean, did this need multiplayer? Not really. No. The other thing about DLC, there was actually another campaign on this one, which I must have forgotten about, and I, I can't remember if I played it or not, if I'm honest, called Dead Space 2 Severed. Um, it's a two-chapter downloadable content pack, and I, I definitely received this with my pre-order, I think. And you play as a guy called Gabe Weller, who is a security uh, guard at the at the sprawl station um and it plays alongside uh, basically the timeline wise it plays alongside what isaac is doing because you you get to areas and you can kind of find the remains of what isaac's been doing um but i i have no idea i have no recollection of this whatsoever in terms of like the actual gameplay that's interesting i wonder why they kind of because it's a new character in Dead Space 3, isn't it, who joins him? Yeah, you play as Isaac and then you've got this tacked-on guy who I can't remember the fucking name of, to be honest. I, I'm sure we'll do Dead Space 3 one day. Um, I'm just trying to find how that adds to the story. I do kind of want to experience it just to see how different it is. Wasn't Tom nice super, super, super keen on Dead Space 2? It's kind of a shame that he's not here for this. Yeah, but he did finish it, though, so he got to play it. He did. Yeah. So I, I wanted to talk to you guys. Like, the bit where you have to inject him in the eye is so oh. fucked up. It's horrible. I didn't want to do it. Did anybody fuck up the first time and kill oh, him? Oh, yeah, I just went straight in there. I didn't realize you could slow down. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that I was supposed to be bringing a needle down at first, so I'm just sitting there moving his eye around. <laughs> <laughs> 
okay, this is weird, but all right. And then I'm like, oh, and then went, and killed him. But yeah, but then when you have to do it slowly and you literally see it go in through the pupil, it's horrendous. Oh, I, see, I, I didn't was, die. Speaking of killing him, I didn't die so this much. I didn't die that much in this playthrough, and it is a bit of a shame because the deaths are the best thing. Um, if you can find on YouTube like compilations of the deaths and stuff, but the best death that I found when I did die, and I told Eric to do it, is on the last boss. Yeah, so violent. Which is just completely fucked it up. So the last boss, um, you're. You're basically fighting in Isaac's mind because the marker, what actually happens is the marker needs the person to create it to kind of converge with it to make itself whole because they built this this new marker. And he realizes that um, from doing the needle in the eye thing. I don't know how that works, but hey-ho. And you're, you're, you're fighting inside Isaac's mind and you see like the heart, which is the heart of the, the marker, and this ghost of Nicole, his dead girlfriend from the first game, who's been haunting him this entire time, and loads of like, uh, what are they called, Dan? Which those ones? Those necromorphs towards the ends. Those those kind of runny, big head ones. Baby necromorphs. Are they the baby necromorphs? No, the baby necromorphs are little exploding ones. Surely. No, baby necromorphs. All right, okay. I would say the toddler necromorphs, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> the, uh, Tod- toddler necromorphs. Loads, loads of those running towards you, and if you if Nicole touches you, it's instant death. But the the awesome thing is, is <laughs> it suddenly comes out of his mind. Isaac is there with the uh, the javelin gun and literally kills himself with the javelin gun, just javelin straight through his head. So violent. Oh yes, so I good. saw this one as well. That was awesome. Yeah. Oh, so so fucked we, up. I love it. Before we talk about that, Mike, can you give us an overview of just, just a thirty thousand foot view of what the fuck is happening with Isaac, Nicole, the Marker, Strauss, and Ellie, and how all that shit ties together. Oh, the footlong view, if you would. Give me the footlong view. <laughs> the 30,000 footlong review. So, yeah, the, the kind of abridged version of the story is Isaac wakes up. He knows he's been kind of probed and experimented on and, and everything like that, but he's not sure why. And the the station that he's on, obviously, there's a necromorph outbreak. He's not sure why at first. Um, a lady called Dana uh, gets in touch with him and says that she, you know, she can help. And uh, there's obviously Strauss as well. And it turns out they've been you know, working on Strauss and everything as well. Uh, so your first kind of objective is to get to Dana because she's promising to help you and everything. And along the way, there's director Tideman, who's the head of the, head of the sprawl, who keeps like putting obstacles in, in Isaac's way. Um, you end up meeting with Dana. Turns out she's part of the Unitology cult and she wants to basically get Isaac to, you know, get the, the, the knowledge in his head about the markers and everything from the first game. Uh, she gets shot down by a gunship, which I believe is piloted by Ellie, you find, isn't it? She thinks so. She gets gunned down by a gunship anyway. It could be Tideman, actually. I think, it anyway. is Ti- I think it is Tideman. Isn't Tideman trying to kind of contain things? Yeah, but is also a bad one at the same time. Um, but yeah, you end up wandering through um, a Unitology church and everything like that, and you essentially find out that... Um, They've they've accessed Isaac's mind and managed to create a new marker um, because th- there's a big unitology presence on the sprawl. And obviously their whole thing is there's a convergence ceremony which is supposed to bring eternal life and everything like that. Um, but then you end up meeting with a woman called Ellie. Um, they basically just tried to escape where he said he needs to destroy the marker. Um, she and They end up meeting with Strauss and they're trying to contain Strauss. And he ends up uh, taking her eye out with a screwdriver, <laughs> which is nice. 
she's so pissed off at him too because Ellie wanted to kill Strauss immediately and Isaac's like no 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 he's fine he's fine and then the next time you meet Ellie after her eyeball's gone she's like you owe me a fucking eye (laughs) I really like her attitude I really really do Um, they end up trying to escape like get out together Isaac ends up sending her off on a craft um, whilst he decides to go and destroy the marker and deal with the visions of Nicole he has in his brain needle in the eye thing Um, you essentially find out that there's a convergence between Isaac and the market to complete it, but he knows how to destroy it. Um, but it turns out the vision of Nicole turns out to be the marker trying to control him to get him to go there in the first place. So he needs to defeat these images of Nicole um, that's inside his mind. And then he does that and he escapes. That's kind of the the, the very, very abridged version of the story. Um, but essentially it's, you know, cool to create the marker again. They've used Isaac for it. Isaac needs to face his demons uh, from the first game, which... Going off on a tangent, going back on the Ishimura is so fucking cool. So cool. That's really, it's really good that like. Yeah, if you have, if if you've played Dead Space 1 or you listen to our original review, obviously the Ishimura uh, is a a place with just huge, huge amounts of PTSD for Isaac. Even though he didn't have a voice in that first game. And the very ending of the last game as well, you know, is is him kind of being attacked by this vision of Nicole, who, who obviously we know is dead. But he ends up having to go and sort out these gravity tethers to power up this tram for them to get out. And you're on this tram, this other tram, and you're heading out, and the Ishimura comes into view, and he starts questioning it, and you're like, fuck. And then the next minute, you're going on the Ishimura, and you start, you know, that's probably one of the most darkest parts of the game. It's so fucking creepy and it plays on your knowledge of the first game and in fact a lot of this game plays on your knowledge of the first game and the things that happened and you go through moments where there's (laughs) like a tentacle from the first game starts attacking you and it looks like it's a real thing and you start shooting it and suddenly it goes out and it's just a flashback and like a PTSD flashback and it's so fucking cool well I like how they they don't just go all right, time to go back here they lead up to it and they allude to it and you're like I really don't want to go back on that ship and like okay well maybe I don't have to and then you see it off in the distance and you're like oh fuck and he's like yeah I don't want to do this but I know I have to and it's it's such a great build up to it because the first game was so fucked up and you're like you know what it was was great but I don't want to go back there but guess what now you have to one of the creepiest bits in the games on that bit as well when you're going down that really long corridor in the middle of the ship and there's loads and loads of enemies coming towards you and it's really dark. Can you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was super cool. Um, I think, like, I love on a game when they kind of, they've established such an iconic location and you go back to it. It's so cool. Like, I do it, like Metal Gear Solid 4 when you go back to Shadow of Moses. So impactful. Yeah. Because it like, a physical location can stay with you. And it's kind of like, on Bioshock Infinite when you end up back in Rapture suddenly. That's super cool. Oh. You remember that? Yeah. You just spoiled the ending of it, though. Oh, well. People have had plenty of time. Plenty of time. It was free on PlayStation Plus. You should have all played it by now. That was one of the one of the coolest endings of a game. But I feel like that one, though, you do have to have played the first game when it came out. I, I mean, I, I've played through it twice, and I still don't understand what's going on. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it's been still on the, you know, going back to your knowledge of the first game, like there's a, um, there's a room you go through, uh, which is a, a, 
fucking sanitization sanitization room where like loads of gas comes down to they're supposed to sanitize you on the first game when you go through there while the sanitization process is happening loads of necromorphs come in and attack you and everything like that and the first time you go through it on this one you don't get attacked. You're like, oh, okay. Just must must not be getting attacked this time. But then that's they do what, it on your that's way. That's why I thought I was about to get attacked in that yeah. room. It but must then have been they fucking like, do it on the way back. <laughs> then they do Plus it to it, you on the uh, way back, though, because you're like, oh, yeah, it didn't happen this first time. They must have just, like, you know, wanted to tease it. And then, nope, definitely happens. What were some of your favorite sections? I really liked the bit where um, they were on the giant drill going through the bedrock of the planet or that whatever was it was. That was so tough. Quite good. Because I got to, I was on there and I didn't have much ammo, so every shot that I made needed to count. <laughs> I was just basically, I was just thinking, like, why doesn't he just get in the cockpit with her and just? <laughs> ride well, it because out? they would have over, they would have overrun the drill and and prevented it from moving forward. But did you not notice, Eric? There was ammo and like health packs and stuff on the the cliff edges where they were the necromorphs were yeah, jumping was, from. Yeah. I did eventually. Yeah, over. yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts of this is actually. Well, it's not my favorite part, but one one bit that's iconic for me is because they drastically changed the way the zero G was controlled in this game yeah. for the better. So on the first game, you'd be in zero G and you'd be on the you'd be standing on the platform because he's got magnets in his suit. You'd be on the platform. You literally just had to aim at another platform you wanted to be on, press a button, and he would glide over to it and land. This one, you have full motion, full control of floating around, and one of my one of the parts I really love is when you're you're outside for a little while and you've obviously you, you, your oxygen's running out so you have to make sure you get to an oxygen station but you're having to align a load of satellites whilst there's necromorphs trying to attack you and it's just I cool s- being out on there. I didn't realize you didn't have the free control in the first one. I must have forgot about that. So that's cool. Those sections are really awesome as well. Like kind of, I I think they didn't use the vacuum aspect as much as they used in the first one. Like I, I remember going into lots of vacuums and it being silent and being attacked by necromorphs and that doesn't seem to happen as much in this one. No, but one of the things they, where they do implement that is there's a lot of areas where there'll be glass windows and if you accidentally shoot the glass windows or a necromorph takes it out, you nearly get pulled out into space and you it's, almost, it's not a quick time event because you're still in full control but you have to make sure you shoot the emergency shutter at the top. I died a few times with that. Yeah, just because I sort of died. Well, I thought there was a cinematic scripted event. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Oh, that's what happened. <laughs> but there is there's, quite a bit of that. There's quite a few um, using the telekinesis puzzles as well on this one. Well, not puzzles, but like kind of inserting fuses into other things and stuff like that. Which uh, I actually broke the game doing one of those. I don't know what it. I'd done. I think I picked one of the fuses up and threw it somewhere and it just kind of clipped through the map so I couldn't progress, so I had to reboot and go back to a checkpoint. Um, I did notice that there were places... Oh, go ahead. I was, gonna, I was just going to say it, it's um, it's clearly a loading screen as well, but uh, I, qu- I quite like how he goes through vents on this one as well. Like when he's crawling through the vents. That's quite cool. I did notice that there were spots where you could not carry items through... So if you you could yeah, find yeah. Uh, explosive canisters, like, oh, man, I could really use this. So I'm going to telekinesis and carry this through. But then you'd have to set it down to open a door. And the second you open the door, that thing would disappear. I'll tell you, speaking of puzzles, I'll tell you a bit that um, kind of just comes out of nowhere and then isn't really used again. There's a puzzle. I don't know if you remember it. There's a guy who's obsessed with birds. And 
he you end up picking up the logs and stuff like that and you find out his name and, and that he likes birds and all that jazz. And you can't get through a security door and you end up having to use telekinesis his corpse, hold it up against the security door yeah, to then be able to get through it. And I was like, that's an interesting mechanic. Like, why didn't they use more of that? Because that would have been an interesting thing where... Because there's always corpses and stuff laying around. Like I, 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 I streamed most of this game, and I kept doing a running joke where I kept like picking people up and putting them on the various toilets that were around. <laughs> but the, uh, the, um, of course, you the, did. You know, you could use that as a. You, they could have used that as a puzzle element in terms of you, you, you read the logs and you could find out what this person was supposed to look like or what they were wearing or what they liked, and maybe find them in a the room and use them to get through various bits. I feel it was very underutilized thing. It was used again later on. There was another bit where there was somebody you had to use as well. But um, I I couldn't figure that out for a bit. I was like, what am I doing wrong here? And then it kind of clicked to me that, oh, yeah, you pick up this dude and chuck him in front of the door. <laughs> I was like, I'll just try it and see if it worked. And it did. I was like, oh, that's really cool, that. I like that. Uh, yeah, good. But, uh, but- those kind the of aspects. That- the whole thing's just really atmospheric and cool and full of good ideas. And it's such a shame they dropped the ball with the third one. Mm, I'll the be lead up to, to what you think of the, the third lead one. up to the final boss in this was very, very intense, and it left me a little um, shorthanded for the final boss just because I was trying to run through. But you have space and Emmy chasing you, and you got all of these other enemies that just to get through you did have to expend some ammo. Um, yeah, I kind of tried to sprint through that as much as I could. And I hit a checkpoint and got a bit fucked up. <laughs> I persevered yeah. and got through it. Um, I, Mike, so Mike, obviously you talked about the last boss earlier, and I feel like it's a much more effective boss than the first game where it was a giant morph. And um, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it was better than the first one. I, yeah, I, don't I mean, think it definitely... there was as many bosses necessarily in the game as there was in the first one. So you had Space Nemi where you had to trap him in the cryo chamber in the first one and stuff then you had the um the giant arse in the uh room where it was zero g and you could walk around it it's stuff like i can't remember there being as many bosses in this one yeah you, you know there was the bosses the, that were in this the were bits where like one of those huge armored guys came down because there was those huge armored guys where you, their weak points were like the joints of their shoulders oh the the black ones they were horrendous them well, the you end, well, you end up later. There's there's the the advanced forms of the necromorphs, which are you know the they 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 basically look the same, but they they almost look charred, yes. like they're black and almost look charred. Uh, oh, Dan, oh, Dan, I'm just sorry. I'm looking at the list of enemies now, and on, under advanced form. Uh, I'll read the description first. A highly evolved necromorph of a slasher build, but has physically alien appearance. It slashes and impales uh, targets with blades. So one of the big dudes of things with the things. Guess what it's called? The Ubermorph. <laughs> das ist Ubermorph, ja. Oh, it's the, that's what Space Nemi's called. It's the Ubermorph. <laughs> I like I Space Nemi better. Yeah, Space Nemi's okay. great. Here's the Ubermorph. Clark. <laughs> so, but anyway, I admit, as I was saying, there's, fully, the, there's the big fully... dudes with the, as I was saying, that you do get the black versions of them later on, but they um, they have the, the, the huge, they have loads of armor on the front, and literally the only weak point you have is, is the joints of shoulders. You can get behind them, but they, they take you down. 
They really, really take you down. So I have a confession about Ubermorph. The first time that you meet him, um, it's right after you've injected your eye. And I sat and fought him in the room until I expended every single bullet that I had, not realizing that you're supposed to shoot his legs off and then stasis him so that you can hack the computer and open the door and run away. I probably went through that cycle with him about three times. Like, why is this dude just not dying? Jeez. And then I saw the computer panel. I'm like, oh, there we go. I love Isaac's method for uh, fixing computers. Rip the panel off, stick your Shove arm you. in, and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, that's there. what you should have done last show when you were trying to fix your computer. All right? <laughs> as long as he's not fixing an Ethernet cable, it's the Mike Tyson approach. You brick a laptop with that bad boy. Yeah, you want to break a laptop? Come to me. <laughs> I'll break your laptop. I'll break it. Good. One of the things I did like about this, they, they weren't afraid to use comedy um, in certain moments. And one of the, the, the funniest moment, absolute funniest moment for me, you are in the uh, the famous tram from Dead Space 1 because you're back in the, you're in the Ishimura and Ellie's on the radio and uh, he's on his way, I think, to the bridge. It is either the bridge or the engineering deck. And Ellie's on the radio. She's like, oh, you know, necromorphs are all bursting through a hole in the hull. Um, they're all in the mega, like basically the medical deck. And Isaac's like, well, I'm not going to the medical medical deck. As long as I don't get get there, I'll be fine. And then the tram stops and goes, <laughs> error, now approaching the medical deck. <laughs> I think Isaac just goes, fuck. I really like the uh, bit at the very end as well, where it's a callback to the ending of Dead Space 1. So at de- the end of Dead Space 1, Isaac looks around and basically gets attacked by the ghost of Nicole, his dead girlfriend. In this one, Ellie's sat next to him and he turns around and looks at her and she just kind of looks back at him and goes, what? And then it ends. <laughs> Speaking of what, right? There's a, this, is a, this is a link here. You know, there's that bit just after he launches Ellie, gets Ellie to go in the ship, and it looks like he's going to go with her, and he doesn't, and, and everything. And he's sat on the floor with his like head in his hands, and Nicole's there speaking to him. Whilst I was playing this in my head, I was like, you know what, someone should do. Someone should do um, an, an edit of this game, a mod of this game, where instead of Nicole, it's like <laughs> it's fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin there going, "Look at you, you pathetic." And then, like, at the bits where she normally jumps out at you and starts screaming at you and just gets stone cold, just going, Perfect mod. Someone make that for me, please. No. Why not? Are my references too out there again for you, Eric? Yes. Watch Wayne's World. I got got that reference, Mike. (laughs) But that's because I like wrestling. Wrestling. Thank you very much. There's the one other sections of this game that I really enjoyed were the... Um, the only one I can think of off the top of my head, it's kind of like an Iron Man type situation where you're on the tram and you have to jump from the tram that's broken to the next section, but you're dodging all of the space debris coming at you. You remember that? Yeah, that bit's so fucking cool. I I don't know, like, it just... Those flight sections were very few and far between, every single one of them is memorable i mean you know dan obviously brought the one up in space before and the closest thing to it in the first one was was that kind of space walk you did um Mm -hmm. where you're literally just fighting you have to avoid the asteroid storm isn't it i think because just not long before that using the asteroid gun but yeah they 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 really nailed the set pieces on this and we are probably eventually going to do dead space 3 let's face it i'm intrigued to go back and see like how much of that they added and see 
I don't know if I have to it. I remember not remember Dead Space 3, but... So the bit where you get that I was on about before you get launched out of the ejector seat I laughed my tits off when I did that bit because I completely fucked up and he just splattered against a massive rock <laughs> and it was just so funny because <laughs> he's going so fast he just hit and bang on and just exploded into cubes of meat it was brilliant <laughs> Amazing. so yeah going back to so, the deaths they are pretty good so I was wondering whilst playing this why nicole looked so different now the a lot of the voice actors essentially the the characters faces were were based off of the voice actors and it was the same for the first one and the voice actor for nicole uh liari liari lyman that's a strangely spelt name anyway she didn't return to voice nicole uh, so someone called Tanya Clark took over to replace her and because the original voice actor didn't grant permission to reuse her likeness Nicole's appearance was slightly altered to resemble oh. Tanya Clark um, but did you guys notice that? because I noticed it straight away that she looked like different and like it looked strange at first I'm not going to lie I didn't even realise that that was supposed to be a callback from the first game so no I didn't <laughs> good work Eric I know. apparently they uh, made Ellie in Dead Space 3, Bustier. Just for the crack. Just for the crack of it. Yeah. Uh, Paul's Ash trying to sell it to the... You're uh, saying that pe- like it's supposed under, to be under an issue. who probably shouldn't be playing this game. <laughs> um, Dan, there was originally going to be another necromorph called the Fly Trap uh, that was scrapped yeah, sometime during development. It was, going, it was going to be an environmental hazard and a regular enemy intended to encourage the player to slow down without feeling like an artificial gameplay mechanic. Both, both of its hands and feet would be stuck to the ceiling and the skin on its stomach and chest is missing. It would have used its internal organs as a dangling lure and attacked the player when they got close. Yeah, I've got a that, picture um, of it. I forgot. I f- yeah, there's a couple of instances where they had those uh, ones which were on the wall again uh, where the tentacles, you have to sever them. Oh, that's an interesting image. Can you remember the, those ones as well? For them, the yeah, first one? Yeah, they've reminded me very much of, like, on Aliens when they're stuck in the goop. Yeah. Yes. Well, they got those, they, they make those crazy moaning sounds. <laughs> We're back to should the groan tube. Oh. So, so much. So, there you go. There's another mod. Put Stone Cold Steve Austin in his Nicole. And then another mod. Any of the moans or the screams from the necromorphs should just be a. <laughs> Who's with me? No? Okay, fine. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> all right. So, gentlemen, are we giving hearty pip pips all round? Oh, fuck yeah. I loved oh, this. Oh, fuck game. yeah. I, this is the, this is the best game we played in a while. I know it took me a long time to get it through, but holy shit, I had so much fun with this game. And me, who doesn't like horror games, loved it a lot as well. So I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I think I've said this yeah, before, this- but I get like because I'm so scared of a horror game, I get a reward out of it like nothing else like when you accomplish something it feels like i've actually done something and conquered something it's it's I really read cool. something i don't remember where i read this but it it really resonated with me about and i thought of you dan um somebody was talking about how okay. they play they play uh horror games and how they got through it by just imagining themselves as playing a documentary as steve Irwin. 
And they're like, <laughs> instead of it being a scary monster down in the basement that they need to run away from, they they turn it into a documentary in their head. They're like, oi, that, that space Nemi, I'm going to go over there and tackle him. <laughs> and they're like, it just completely rewrote horror games for me. And I'm like, oh, now it's fun. I'm going to go tackle him and, and I'm going <laughs> to touch him and see what he's all about. Tom needs to do that with the barnacles on Half-Life. He might be able to get past <laughs> What if they do the uh, the South Park version of Steve-O where it's like, oh, now I'm going to jam my thumb up his butthole. <laughs> oh, he's really <laughs> pissed off now. Oi, he's real angry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, 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 knew, I knew going into this I was going to love it. Um, it seemed a lot shorter to me this time. I don't know if that's just because I'm ah, familiar with the it game. It seemed real long to me. Mm. Oh yeah, of course I did to you. But um, you could have made that I mean, last I, all year if we left you. <laughs> I, I streamed every single part of this. I streamed, and I don't know if maybe it's just because I had the distraction of like managing the stream and having Hazel there and chatting and everything as well. But I don't know. I feel like I flew through this. Absolutely flew through. What it. was and, your final hour count? Uh I think it was about nine, like eight or nine hours. See, I beat it in seven fifty-six. Uh, Thirty yeah. minutes. <laughs> um. But yeah, it, it was just very interesting. Like, and, and the only parts that I really struggled with was some of the set piece bits. Like, I remember there's that bit in the elevator where they're all trying to come through the glass, and you have to shoot them there. Like, I struggled with that a little bit, but I didn't really die that much. Um, but yeah, I I am so glad I got a chance to play this again. Um, thank you, Tom, for choosing it. I guess, but um, yeah, hearty pip pip from me for sure. But I already knew it was going to be hearty pip pip. I like really how the cool. Pip-Pip has become the official, unofficial uh, <laughs> rating scale of Factory Sealed. Uh, do you want to go on to some Facebook comments, Eric? Chirp. Eric and Eric. can't. Chirp, 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 First one's from the Facebook community. What's Lee Smith or Smythe? I think it's Smith. Let's go with Smythe because it looks, it sounds cooler. Smythe. Lee Smith slash Smythe. I believe a fourth entry was planned, but poor sales of Dead Space 3 meant EA wasn't interested and canceled the project and ultimately the studio later on. The design intention this game used to give me was incredible with really great audio. Fourth entry or reboot was to happen with a studio that exists today. Who would you like to see work on the project who is worthy enough to do, uh, worthy enough to bring this series back? Uh, One answer for me, Capcom. Yes. Yeah. yeah. With their new engine, like oh, the atmosphere the off engine. in this would be off the scale. How about Konami? Konami? They're not interested in making games <laughs> oh, anymore, apparently. Oh, fucking Kojima Studios Dead Space. Good God. With Guillermo well, del Toro? Well it's, well, it's Kojima Productions, but you know what I mean. Kojima Productions Dead Space. That would be fucking cool. He has said he's interested in working on a horror game, but he, oh, he likes to do true. his own thing, doesn't he? I'm just looking actually what um, the last few games that after Dead Space 3 that Visceral did before they were closed down and they did Battlefield 3 Endgame they did Army of Two The Devil's Cartel Battlefield Hardline and then obviously the cancelled Star Wars Project Ragtag game which was the Amy Hennig game wasn't it? Oh yeah I didn't realize it was a wrestling game Yeah yeah Do you know who else would be like if they went down the remake route Blue Point if they yeah. yeah, but I don't want to re—I don't want a remake of these. Like, I would go for a new. I new, feel like it's entry. a series that shouldn't have been left. It has a lot of potential. That's how bad Dead Space Three shit the bed. I know, right? 
But obviously, I, I, need to give Dead Space I think again. it must come back okay. to this massive amount of money they spent on it as well. So EA doesn't yeah. want to touch it anymore. Have a look, see how much. Hang on, this is the most expensive games. Let's see if Dead Space 3 is on here. Hmm, interesting. I mean, the series was fully in Space D for the first two entries, and then they put it in Space P after that. <laughs> yeah, Space P. Sp- space P. <laughs> Don't it's go a- out there to Space P. It's the Space P. The Space P. Space shite. <laughs> you don't want that floating around when you're in zero G. That'd be easier to collect. Not really a uh, question, but Daniel Gomez does say, I just finished all three of these games. I really enjoyed the story of them. Also, the gameplay was great too. Highly recommended for anyone who hasn't played this franchise. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. Although I don't know about three. I need to go back to that. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. And over on Discord, how do we share the Discord? Does anybody know? You can create a static permanent share link, but it comes out like a bit.ly type thing that's really hard to read. Um, Can't you just search for us? Aren't we public? I don't yes, know. Yes, we are. We are. I found it that way. So you just go on Discord, go at the search box and type in Factory Sealed and you should find it. Fa- factory Sealed. Factory, factory Sealed. sealed retro. retro. And side quests. <laughs> retro. Uh, but retro. over on the Discord... Dalton, because we now have a uh, thread over there for questions for game of the week. Um, Dalton Sutor, (laughs) he says, I'm sure this will have been covered already, but which Dead Space game is your favorite? Also, what is one game that absolutely made you shit your britches the first playthrough? Gotta say, mine was Outlast. Uh, Silent Hill 2. Daniel, Uh, you shit your britches quite a bit. (laughs) Resident Evil, probably, when uh, the dogs burst through the window i couldn't go on after that when i was a kid i just had to stop <laughs> oh, i didn't realize you played that as a kid i think i might have done might have been the demo okay but even so i was like fuck this um but uh silent hill one when we played i got too far in my own head and i just couldn't physically go into the school i was like nah yeah. i'm not going to school so it's not happening yeah, I would actually say that Silent Hill 1 as a kid and then when 2 came out because Silent Hill 1 I was playing through with my my stepbrother at the time and he and I both kind of came to that conclusion like, yeah, we should probably stop tonight and we got right to that school section too. Well, we got into the school and then when it flipped over to the underworld, like, mm, let's save this for the daytime. It's um, I, One of the things I'm proudest about doing in games is actually getting through Silent Hill 2. That was a big turning point for me with the horror, the horror genre and I was I really, proud of you for finishing that too, because that game is fucking unnerving. Yeah. I'd love to be able to play that for the first time again. Me too. Me too. Good. But yeah, I, I, along the same lines, had to be Silent Hill 2. I, I, I played both the Silent Hills by myself in a dark room. <laughs> um, but I think because of the graphical leap up to the PlayStation 2, because I mean, Silent Hill 1, yeah, I know obviously that was all we had at the time, the graphics, but you know, it, it still looked a bit blocky and, and strange and everything like that and and like it did shit me up for sure but just there's something about Silent Hill 2 like I, I don't think any, on a first playthrough I don't think any game has ever managed to recreate that unnerving and and you know the the weird psychological stuff with James and and just the way everything linked to that and you know Silent Hill 1 sure it's creepy and stuff at first but once it starts trying to get into the the cult stuff I think it loses it a little bit, whereas Silent Hill 2 doesn't 
get involved with any of the cool stuff. It does a little bit towards the end. It's kind of linked a little bit, but it doesn't start delving into that weird side of it. And everything is an effect of James as a character. And you start building on that and building on that. And every every part of it is so fucking creepy, built on top of the creepiness of the town already. It's and just playing so, it alone in a dark room. It's so bad that the series took a dive after that. Three was okay. Um, I enjoyed it. It wasn't nearly as good as the first two. And then I haven't even, I haven't even touched four just because of, of what I've read about it. And mainly because I don't want to open my copy. Yeah. Merely is the key word. (laughs) Have you seen how fucking expensive that game is now? It is one of the most expensive games in my collection right now. My sealed copy, Silent Hill four. Interesting. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Hmm. I, I dabbled with Silent Hill 4. I remember, uh, I think I rented it or some shit back when. Silent like, Hill 4, Love, the one that's in a room. Yeah, yeah. that's why it's called The Room. Where Love, when Love Film used to do like the Netflix thing, where, um, but with games, uh, I think I rented it for a short while and I played it and sent it back. Like, oh, I missed after, that. That was great. Yeah, and they, um, like the premise is kind of cool. Like, because the, the bit where you're in the room, so the, the premise of it is you're in the room, like you're you're stuck in your apartment, like, Random. Well, the character I can't remember the character's name is stuck in the apartment, and randomly on his on his front door, it's like all barricaded with chains and locks and weird stuff. And there's this hole in his bathroom, I think, and he goes through to Silent Hill. But when you're in the room in his apartment, there's link like you can look out the window, and there's links of things you have to do and things like that. But going into the actual Silent Hill bit, like it just I don't know, it just not, it didn't click with me. The idea was cool, but I don't know. Maybe we need to revisit for the like visit it on the show at some point, but. I can't imagine it's going to be a great time. <laughs> well, the thing that, that started to suck about the Silent Hill games was that they introduced weapon degradation. I remember I got a review copy of Silent Hill Downpour and I was really excited about it. It's like, oh, well, my weapons degrade. Fuck this. Yes, not so good in Breath of the Wild either. Yeah, but I got over that because that game's great. It is great, but I, f- I feel like it would be better if your weapons lasted a tiny bit longer. A little bit. Just a, just a smidge. A little just bit. a smidge. Uh, who is... Ne- nothing else next? No, that's, that's it. it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Mike, your Q&A was awesome, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Very good. It's very, very, very good. well done. You're very Yeah, chipper. so if you don't know what I'm about, Eric's uh, on the pay- over on the Patreon, which is what, patreon.com slash... Patreon field sealed fact something like that. You'll find three words on there. Put them yeah, in some combination. <laughs> You'll find five dollar and above backers. You get our monthly Q and A videos. It was me this month. Eric is going to be back up again in May. Do um, your worst. The post it's for that a, will be it's patreon.com forward slash factory sealed. Awesome. Um, I will put the post up for that this week. Um, but if you're not part of the Patreon. Um, obviously one dollar gets you the factory sealed unwrapped which is the show before the show where we're just fucking about there's lots of grown tubes this this week um but five dollars and above you get the um the q a's which have been very well received so far i think i'm excited to do another one i'm really i assume if you come on board as a patreon later as well you'll get access to all the ones we've done retroactively as well so we have all all four of us have done it now so if you want I mean, I don't want to uh, say mine was brilliant or anything, but there is a brilliant <laughs> bit at the end of mine, which is well worth p- spending $5 on. One, one doesn't to, want to blow one's own pipe. But I will, because it's you get to, fucking uh, brilliant. 
watch me make coffee. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's true for all of the Patreon stuff. So, you know, if you're someone who likes to revisit the episodes, I know we have people who essentially cycle through all of them. Um, I don't Scott. know how your brain cells handle it, but, um, you know, you'll get all of the unwrapped episodes as well. So, yeah, everything is up there no matter when you joined. Which is awfully good, isn't it? Awfully good. Awfully, awfully good. Awfully no, I'm I'm really excited to do another one. I had a lot of fun doing the first one. So I'm curious to see what uh, new questions come up. I'm sure Phil Gartside will be on top form with his <laughs> ham hands and his... The microwave. I liked that one. That was a that was very creative. <laughs> I tell you what, though, they are strange. Like just sitting there and talking about yourself for an hour or so is uh, with no the one time, responding. The time kind of goes odd. so quickly, doesn't it? As well, yeah. like when you're just clipping through it. Well, I think next yeah. time I'm just going to every question be like, "What do you fucking? What do you want me to fucking say about it?" <laughs> Everyone asking questions about the Wayne's World plot, so he has to watch it. Don't do that. That sounds like not, not fun. That does not sound like fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. No. I'd rather you watch and I have a ve- You and I have a very different version of fun. Yes, mine is fun. Yours is not. <laughs> but Eric, think about it this way, right? It's only like, if you can sit down and watch Wayne's World, it's only going to be like two foot longs of your life until it's done. And then you'll keep Mike happy. All right? There you go. See? Can't argue with that, can you? You can't. I mean, the guy brings up a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we playing next, Eric? I think we're playing Star Wars Squadrons Rogue Leader, something to that effect. Star, Star Wars. Wars Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader. Why have we skipped the first one? I thought that wasn't allowed. No, that's only when we're talking about Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are we going to try to do that next week so we get back onto a normal schedule? Because we're going to need a month to play Terranigma. Well, yeah, this is it's quite short Star Wars, but I don't know. Well, don't plus it's more it. mission based, so I feel like if we don't get through all of it, we're not going to really be at too much of a disadvantage. Mm. I'm not going to lie, lads. My availability over the next month is probably going to be up in the air because we are going to be trying to move in early June. So God knows what I'm going to be up to. <laughs> now, Star Wars is in space, mate, not up in the air. Oh, thanks, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. It'll be sometime soon. We're, we, we, we're sorry about this one being so late as it is. Yeah. But I'm really excited for Terranigma. Once we beat that, I am going to call up Scale Enley and say, I want my beer and my dick bacon. How long has this been going on now? Years. I, I'd say that this probably since I joined at least. At least five years now. Expecting some questions from you, Scale Enley. I don't even know if he still listens to the show, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> if you are still listening to the show, Scale. Actually, Eric, have you checked the emails recently? Have we had any? <laughs> this one here from Scale Enley. <laughs> we have 47 emails from Scale. <laughs> uh, let me look here. Verify it's uh, no. you. Yes, it's me. I ain't no computer. You're the computer. Yeah, man's not bot. Uh, no, we do not have any emails. No, we do not. Someone tried to add you on LinkedIn. We do not have any emails. You need your filter back on, dude. Well, you made me turn that camera off. Because <laughs> it was shit. It was, wasn't it? Five out of five stars. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing? I don't know. What is he doing? My phone went off. Was it an alert from Netflix? Maybe you'd like Wayne's World. <laughs> it was actually a notification from uh, Uber Eats' his subway footlongs ready. This episode of Factory Sealed is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors, with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Sarah Irvine, Samuel Chun, Jeremy Lucas, Miles Prower, Nicholas Bradley, Chad Schaefer, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Richard Cutris, Thomas McGrew, John Weaver, Jason McGill, Haitani Spindash, Phil Gartside, Wes Rainey, Sholto, Drew Barlow, Dalton Sutor, Juliet Breslin Romano, James Getter, Gus Robin, Aaron Lanning, Brandon Meyer, Hesley Hattie, and Colin Neblo.